All right, Joe, we've been working on this intro for a while. What do you got for me? Okay, check this out. I think you're going to like it. Okay, I can hear a cat, a trumpet, and an elk bugle. Yeah, you got it. Oh, that is like the definition of cacophony. Yeah, it's a little different, but so are we, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, like because typically like we're, we're going to talk to people or just ourselves about things that matter and things that don't. Yep, and from those people, we're going to learn life lessons, we're going to contemplate the universe together, and we're going to hit record every time we do. Okay, so if we're gonna if we're gonna call this our intro, I think the only thing we need to add is maybe just like a little bit of bass. Could you add that, Joe? Could I add that, <laughs> sir? I am your Huckleberry. Yeah, I think that's perfect. This is one of those times where we're just talking to ourselves. Yep. Welcome, welcome to um, just episode 30. Episode 30. <clears throat> Talking with Joe and Brian. I'm Brian. I'm Joe. And we're in the middle of Montana. So. They call it Central Montana. You know what we're going to talk about. Central Montana. We're talking about the heart of months, the heart of Central Montana stuff, which. I, I once had a, a, a t-shirt that uh, said Montucky on it. Well, you know, I like it, and then I don't like it. Right. That's how it was for me, too. It's weird. And then I was wearing it like as a, as a youth pastor, right? And uh, <laughs> later found out that it was a brewing company. <laughs> they're, they're not like they're like way against you wearing like a Bud Light shirt or something, but it's usually not what youth pastors do is wear a brewing company thing. They're like, whoa, this is a really cool youth pastor. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, the Montucky thing, it's because we do have some people in Montana that may be considered very similar to Kentucky hillbillies. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, you know, that's where you get the Montucky from, but I don't like it. Well, first, why don't you like it? Cause we have mountains. First of all, mm -hmm. there's no hills here. Mm -hmm. and the only hills we have around here are buttes. So they'd be mountain billies. They'd be butte billies. Butte billies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's kind of like adding the Southern drawl when you say the name Montana, you know, just mm -hmm. sounds less educated. Yeah. Sorry, Southerners. I'm just, yeah. And it, and it, uh, I mean, it's like any label. It, it diminishes something down to, oh, it's a bunch of hillbillies up there. You know yeah. what I mean? So what's it sound like to you? Yeah. Hey Brian, why don't, why don't you and me uh, go head over to Montana? You know, we're going to do uh, start a business or, yeah. Hey, why don't we go over to Montana? We're going to start ourselves a, I don't know. Moonshine <laughs> steel. Tobacco company. <laughs> tobacco spitting contest tournament. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We we're in my kitchen. Dining mm -hmm. dining room. It's it's this, I, I can't call this a dining room because it's pretty small. But it's it is the dining room. Yeah, I know it's your home and I feel like it's it's fair to say it feels homey. You know. I muted to adjust my my mic, but I laughed. So, <laughs> because I was like, thanks, homie. You know, that's what I was thinking in my head. Thanks, homie. It feels homie. It does, my wife does a really good job of, of you know, putting the plants and the, the decorations where they should. And, it, you know, there's two dogs on the couches right now. And one, yeah. one outside, a couple cats on my bed in the back back there. 
Um, those couches actually came from my aunt and uncle. They had them for probably two decades. And they were like, hey, we're getting new furniture. And all you got to do is pick it up. And actually what we did to thank them because they didn't want any money is I got them a two or three month subscription to this like crazy wine, wine of the month club kind of thing. The gift that keeps on giving for three months. For three months, yeah. And they got like wine from different areas of the world. It was pretty cool. And I, I felt like, I don't know, it was a couple hundred bucks, but it was worth it for, you know, some couches that were nice. And our couches before were like fabric mm-hmm. of some sort. And so all the dog and cat hair, like my wife had to vacuum the couches like a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Well, now with these like leather ones, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I've heard that leather is better for pets. It is. It just kind of wipes the fur yep. right off. Yep. And so it's kind of nice. But you've now, like officially, you've met my pets, and I don't think you've met them before. Nope. We've talked about them. Yep. I finally met them. I was yep. like, hello, dogs that I've heard about. And they greeted you. Yeah, it was weird. And your your basset hound really did show me their baby doll. <laughs> yep. I was like, here it is. Yep. And then just wanted me to see it. And it was cool, too, because River also <laughs> howled. And I was like, yeah, they do these things. And then they just like did all those things within minutes of you walking in. And I was like, dogs, do you realize you're, you're just a stereotype? <laughs> you're just living out the stereotype right now. Yep. <laughs> River yep. the howler is what they say. And, and River howled. And now it's just outside protecting us. River thinks that she's protecting. She's just down on the grass and she watches for squirrels and bunnies and birds because mm-hmm. those are a danger. And she will get them out of the yard very quickly. Oh, good. She has yet to catch anything. Well, I know that you have a um, precarious relationship with squirrels, so yeah, you got to keep that dog with you. Did you have that dog with you when you were camping? No, and that was a oh, chipmunk. Boy. Um, oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out what you what you were referring to, but yeah, yeah. the the chipmunk. I didn't have any dogs with me. You don't mm-hmm. you don't typically. Some people actually do, but my dogs aren't well trained enough to bring like elk hunting or big game hunting. Okay, Ruth, that one back there with the the gray hair on her waistline. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, she she goes bird hunting with me, and that's something that like we've talked about. You coming on like a, a hunting trip or two with me. Yeah. You're definitely going to come duck hunting with me. Cool. The, Where are we going? actually i don't actually want it's really close to town okay you don't have to tell me essentially like in town what i really want to do is go to fairfield you know at the freeze out lake freeze out oh i could totally bring you there that would be fun i'm not sure if you're supposed to hunt those birds but it is so cool to watch yeah you know in in season when they're just like holy cow it's like it feels feels like there's too many birds here yeah um Oh, it would it would actually be fun to take you out to freeze out. Uh, I'm just thinking really good pictures out there too, probably. But mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going to take me near town that we cannot disclose. I'm learning well, about this. Well, it's fine. Stuff. It's it's fine if I disclose <laughs> it. But I just don't want a ton of people going out there. But it's the Giant Springs State Park. Okay. Where you go and you can see the world's shortest river, the Row River. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a hundred yards long or something. It's yeah. like the shortest one. But you it's get laughable. like there's like the spring there, and then they have like uh, the fish. Mm-hmm. That you can go feed um, yeah. right across the river. Oh, you can duck hunt right there. Actually, on that same side of the road, if you just if, as soon as you're past that turnoff to go to Giant Springs, you mm-hmm. can hunt as soon as you're past that. Oh, keep you on can going hunt right there on the river. Just don't take that left. Just keep on going. Yep, just keep going straight. Oh, and eventually, kind of dead ends. But mm-hmm. um, before be, between Giant Springs and the dam, you can hunt right there, just off the side of the road. It's kind of weird because you're only a few feet from the road. Mm-hmm. And the rule is you just can't, you can't shoot at a bird 
over the road. Okay. So just over the river. Because, okay. you know, that um, makes sense. actually shotguns aren't as dangerous. Right. Um, I mean, they, they are. They're a gun. They're dangerous, you know. Yeah. But um, if you were to shoot it straight up in the air, it probably, by the time the, it's a bunch of pellets inside uh -huh. the shell, by the time they came down, it wouldn't hurt or anything. They don't like, go that far. Like just, you know, yeah. and, and whatever. And there's been times that I've been hunting a place like Freeze Out, uh -huh. and somebody will be, I didn't even know they were there, but they're shooting in my direction, and you'll hear the, the shotgun pellets kind of hit around you. It's it's a little weird. It's okay. Yeah. But they're far enough. If you don't know they're there, they're far enough away that it doesn't it doesn't hurt you. Uh -huh. But then you hear of stories of like uh, one of our vice presidents shot somebody. Oh yeah, you know um, Dick Cheney. Yeah, I think it was. Jeez, uh, who was that? Was it Rumsfeld? No, I think it was Dick Cheney. I think it was Dick Cheney yeah. shot one of his friends like right in the face, like right in the face. Yeah, <laughs> and and so, but the guy even lived, right? And so uh -huh. that's not like if that happened with a rifle, the guy probably wouldn't have lived. Yeah. So that's not to say the shotguns aren't dangerous. They definitely are, and you should definitely be careful and know where you're shooting and what's where your target is and what's beyond it. But uh, they're not as dangerous as um, a rifle or a pistol or something like that. Anyway, we got we got totally off on this this kind of the, tangent here, and we the, have we have a purpose for today's podcast. There's a purpose for the podcast. There's a couple purposes. We got to talk about um, a couple different things uh, first in in the history timeline would be the escape room we went to right yeah we finally did that we've been we've been teasing it that we were gonna do it and we yeah. finally did it it was as a double date it was like yeah double date we took the wives who who have names they do have names yeah, melanie and Lindsay. and Lindsay. yep love you guys um we went to hokkaido first oh yeah we went to a dinner and a in this and an escape room yeah yeah and it, <laughs> so, it, it, it hokkaido's really good i i enjoy hokkaido yeah have a few pieces of sushi have some hot sake if you're me okay yep. and um and you guys tasted the hot sake right it was, mm -hmm. did it taste like like boiling champagne yeah something? yeah <laughs> um I, I once i tasted i'm like oh i've had this before i didn't remember mm -hmm. you know having it before I don't think my wife liked it mm -hmm. like at all, but I thought, yeah, I could do this. Almost like a like a cup of cider. Right? Yeah. Like like mm -hmm. not something I want all the time, but there's just when you're in the mood, it's like, yep. Yeah, I like the flavor of just that fresh fish. And then I put uh I do the I do the American thing, which is apparently a faux pas over in Japan. I put a lot of wasabi in the, in soy, the sauce. soy sauce. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those guys. What are you gonna do? Yeah. And I'll put a lot of it in there too, you know, because yeah. I like a spicy. And um, just those flavors all together, fresh fish, um, the, the salty soy sauce, spicy wasabi, and then that, for some reason, the taste of hot champagne. That is what I can <laughs> Right, right. Hot white wine. Yeah. Um, yeah, white wine. White wine, for yeah, sure. It just tastes good. I don't know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think uh, traditionally you're supposed to, you have the soy sauce and you do one dunk but like prior to doing that with, and you have to use your wooden chopsticks mm -hmm. you get a little bit of wasabi on the stick whoa really and then you grab your soy so your 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 roll uh -huh. right and you dip it one dip mm -hmm. in the soy sauce and then it's supposed to be one bite for that right yeah that's how it's supposed to be mm -hmm. most of us in america though we mix the soy sauce with wasabi and actually i prefer sushi without any of it i just want to eat the roll itself which is possibly the most correct way i guess you would be oh it, it, it might be it might be if we yeah. took you to japan um 
you would be the most respectable one doing all the right stuff. And people would be looking at me like, this American. Well, the one one faux pas I make is like sushi is supposed to be all raw, but my favorite is like fried. Now they'll cook it. You know, the sushi thing is just the rice. It's like a rice portion. So that's what's something I didn't realize over in uh, Japan, kind of like in Italy, where, you know, in America, mm, mm-hmm. it's the sauce is the star of a noodle dish in for an Italian pasta. Um, in Italy, the noodle is the star of the dish. Mm. Um, over in Japan, r- the rice is the star of the dish. And it's, yeah. and it's a rice that we can't get here. They won't sell it yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you, it, that's the, the beautiful rice. And then they just, like, as a garnish put this really cool fresh or not fresh fish on. So I guess it's like a sushi is kind of like tapas, you know, just like a small portion yeah. of rice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I love that. Have you ever wanted to like go, um, when you were in, did you want it? did you have an option to get stationed in Japan? No. Um, so when this is actually, this, we should tell these stories anyway, of the stories of like joining the military. Okay, sure. So I, I, I'm going to get there. But I, I want to start kind of from the beginning. I, at 18 years old, like just turned 18, went and talked to a recruiter. Mm-hmm. And I first went to the Marines. Mm-hmm. And the guy looked at me and said, do 50 push-ups right now. Okay. And I, and I said, no. <laughs> that guy's a like, I'm not, I'm not in the military right now. And I haven't, sense. like, you know, I haven't worked out or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, sir. <laughs> and, and I was like, no. And he's like, oh, well, then you don't need to be a Marine. And I was like, you're right. And I, I like walked out. They're all like that, by the way. Yeah, I'm and I went. I went to. I went to the Air Force, and it almost like I didn't feel smart enough to be in there. And so then I went uh-huh. to the. I went to the Army. I never went to the Navy, and it was. I think in high school there was a big. Um, there was always jokes about the Navy, and oh yeah, you know, because they're, they're called um, sea men, mm-hmm. and. You know, sexuality and all these things, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just, I didn't because of the the negative connotation I had in my head about the Navy. I kind of wish I would have because they see the world more than anyone. And their uniforms are so oh, cool. amazing. They still and wear bell their, bottoms. Their cooks are awesome yeah. and like their schedules, like all of that. I wish yeah. I would have done the Navy, but I went, mm-hmm. uh, went to the Army and the first thing the Army talked about was um, um, sign-on bonuses. Oh, yeah. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we have a... $50,000 sign on bonus right now, you know, Yo, and, and I'm like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money for an 18 year old. Yeah. Um, this sounds great. And so we, we did a few things that, you know, it kind of takes a couple weeks of talking and figuring things out and what jobs are open. And then, then they send you to a place called MEPS mm-hmm. and MEPS for Montana is in Butte, uh-huh. in Butte, Montana. And so he said, uh, I, I kept wanting to like nail down a job, right? Like what I wanted to do. And he's like, Oh, you, you figure that out at MEPS. Like, we're not going to talk about jobs here. Uh-huh. And so I was like, all right, well, let's let's go to MEPS then. And yeah. so he drives me to Butte, and it's early. Like, I stay in a hotel with some guy I don't know in a room. Uh-huh. And then the next morning, we're up really early. A bunch of, like, like when you get your physical for sports, right? A bunch mm-hmm. of that. Like, yeah. check your eyes, check your throat, check your ears, um, check your privates, uh-huh. bend over. Uh, to like check your spine movement. I think he even lifted a couple weights, not like a, a workout or anything, but just like, can you lift 50 pounds, you know, and you have to actually lift 50 pounds in front of somebody. Yeah. And then you go and you fill out a bunch of paperwork about your medical history where they've already prepped you, right? Like mm-hmm. don't tell them that you've ever tried pot. Cause if you're not smoking pot now, it doesn't matter. Cause they're going to ask you if you've ever done it in your life, uh-huh. just say no. 
<laughs> okay. That's what I should have done, you know, I guess in my life anyway, is said no to drugs, but I, I had, I'd actually grown pot in my closet in high school, right? Oh. <laughs> um, but I didn't tell them any of that. I was like, no, no, man, I'm, I'm who does drugs in high school? That's a thing. Yeah. Haven't you, know? <laughs> um, you heard of dare? Yeah. And so, you know, you get through all of this and then you go and sit with this. And so it takes hours. And then so by two o'clock, I think in the afternoon, we'd eaten a little lunch and then you, you, you're sitting there waiting to be called into this office. And so then I get called into the office and I sit down and this guy's at a computer and he's like, based on your scores. Oh yeah, there was a testing portion too. Mm -hmm. And uh, based on your scores and what we have available right now, here's the three jobs. And it was infantry, um, military intelligence, and a cook. Oh, and he's like, here's the bonuses associated. And I was like, oh, okay. Those all sound great. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. And let me, let me, you know, let me think about it. And he's like, what do you mean? Think about it. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, well, I, I, I was told this is where I'd find out about jobs. And so I'm going to find, I, I just did. Now yeah. I know I want to go research those jobs and yeah. see which one I want to do. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're signing up now. Yeah. You're about to be shipped off. Yeah, you're I, signing the contract today, sir. Yeah. And I said, I said, well, nobody told me that. And like, I'm not prepared to sign anything. And he like stands up. And apparently what he did is went and called the recruiter uh -huh. and, uh, and he comes back and he's like, all right, go wait out there. doesn't tell me anything. He's like, go wait out there. And so I wait out there and then five o'clock comes and they're all leaving. And uh -huh. he's like, you can wait outside. The recruiter's coming to get you. And so I waited like two and a half hours, not knowing anything. Uh -huh. And then I sat outside for three more hours outside the door of MEPS Whoa. because my recruiter coming from Bozeman to Butte, which is an hour and a half, uh -huh. uh, took uh, five hours. Jeez. Because he just wanted me to sit there. Ugh, and on the gosh. way in, when he drove me the day before, I was in the front seat talking to him the whole way. Right? <laughs> yeah. On the way back, he's like, you can get in the back. And he said zero words to me uh -huh. um, and dropped me off like at the mall, like not even where I needed to go. He's Jeez. just like, all right, you can get out now. <laughs> and so I'm working at Burger King at the time. And so I, I, uh, I go back to work at Burger King, right? Like, um, and I kind of forget about it. Well, then I decide that um, mm -hmm. Lindsay is my wife. Okay. We, at the time, weren't dating. Oh. <laughs> we, we had dated previously, broke up, dated again, broke up. Uh-huh. And we, we had been broken up for 11, almost a year, right? Oh, okay. Like, um, maybe, maybe it was over a year, maybe a little under a year, somewhere around there. And I was living in this uh, six-bedroom house with three of my buddies. There was four of us. And... Um, it was September 10th, and I, I was like, hey, guys, um, I, I bought a six-pack of beer. Um, I'm 19 now. I bought a six-pack of beer, and I said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go to the pond, and I got some things to share with you. And so we sat in my car. I said, all right, I'm, I'm probably moving out really soon because I'm going to go find Lindsay wherever she's at, and uh, we're going to get married. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> like I hadn't talked to Lindsay in almost a year. Okay. And... Uh, and they're like, all right, yeah, yeah, sounds, you know, sounds good. Like this kind of sucks. But I was like, our lease is up in a month. I don't want to resign. Like mm -hmm. this is this is what I'm doing. So the next day, September 11th, um, I meet my mom for breakfast, and then I tell her like I'm finding Lindsay. We're gonna get married, and uh, and then it took me a while, but I found Lindsay at there was one bar that um, you could one day a week you could. Um, under 21, you could be there and like dance, uh -huh. right? And everybody like, you know what I mean? Like that's the cheesiest thing ever. But but anyway, I I, I looked for her there. I was, we all called it LJ's, it was Little John's. Oh yeah. And uh, so I found her at LJ's. I saw her, her, she had this little Datsun, like 1980s Datsun with a, a, 
uh, topper on the back and it was just this beat up truck. Uh-huh. And I saw it there and I'm like, oh, she's here. So I go inside and she's like dancing with the dude. I'm like, I'm just going to leave a note on her windshield. And mm-hmm. so I, I write on a napkin, hey, this is my new phone number, call me. And her friend who hated me, Jessica, I won't give her last name, but Jessica <laughs> found the note uh-huh. on the windshield. And she grabbed the note and brought it back into Lindsay, laughing. Like, Lindsay, haha, can you believe this? Brian left you a note. We haven't even talked to him in like a year. Lindsay grabs the note and leaves. <laughs> and she called me and we met at Denny's at like one in the morning. And we ended up talking for hours. And uh, a month after that, she was pregnant. <laughs> and, uh, and so... That was a good talk. Yeah, it was a good talk. A month after that, she was, she was pregnant. And most of the time it's reversed. Like women will get pregnant to keep a guy around. But I, I'm pretty sure I did that to be like, all right, this woman's way out of my league. Uh-huh. I've got a trapper. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a trapper in it. So that's, that's kind of what I did. I love you, Lindsay. She knows that that's what I did. She knows she's out of my league and it worked. And so, um, so now I'm, I'm getting ready to have a kid. I'm not married. I, I, I knew I was going to marry her, right? Like I'd already told my friends before I'd even found out that she wasn't dating or moved off somewhere in the country. Like I'd already told mm-hmm. them I'm, I'm finding her. I don't care where she's at. And so anyway, I, I know I'm getting married. We find out she's pregnant. So I, I asked her to marry me before we told everybody. So it, the order sounded right, right? Uh-huh, like uh-huh. I wasn't sticking around just because there's this kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't, now that I think about it, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but but I, I, uh, I asked her to marry me where we had uh, actually both, we were dating other people. We had both fell in love. And uh, I asked her to marry me with a ring pop. And, and I thought she was going to save, like I had this like, like vision that she was going to save the ring pop. Uh-huh. She had it gone before we got back to town. Like yeah. she had already eaten it's it. It's just delicious. Yeah. Thanks and she ate that ring pop. Memento. Yeah. <clears throat> but then I'm, I'm like working at Burger King and I just had this thought that like, I, 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 I would support my family. I was already like a, a mm-hmm. head manager for the store and I just, I, I could picture what I thought was going to be my son. We didn't know the, the, the sex, the gender at, at the time. I was like, I don't want my son telling people that I work at Burger King. I don't know why. Like there's nothing wrong with Burger King. There uh-huh. really isn't. If you can make a living serving people food and being great at what you do, like just do anything. But that's yeah, good stuff. Just didn't feel right for you. It just didn't feel right for me. Uh-huh. And so that's when I got a hold of the recruiter again. I just said, okay, this time I'm ready. And now I know what's actually going on. And he, we kind of joked around about it a little bit. He, you could tell his feelings were still hurt, but I was like, listen, dude, like you didn't tell me what was going on. Uh-huh. Now I know take me to maps and it just so happened i went through maps and the same three jobs were available <laughs> just so happened yeah and, and so uh military intelligence is actually kind of tough to get in uh-huh. but he explained the job a little bit the, the guy sitting at the the computer explained the job a little bit and i was like man but infantry that sounds just cool mm-hmm. and so he's like all right so infantry it is it's twenty thousand dollars sign on bonus and uh, here's your, your duty station choices, right? And it was like Fort Stewart, Georgia, maybe Texas, and Washington, uh, mm. Washington State. Um, and, and I was like, well, I, I used to live down south. Like Fort Stewart sounds good. It doesn't seem like as big of a leap. And it's further away than Washington from Montana, right? And I right. was like, never been to Texas. I, not that I was scared of it. I was just like, well, let me go somewhere somewhat familiar. So I went to Fort Stewart. And it just so happens that's a highly deployed unit. Oh, <laughs> I, like signed up for uh-huh. months after 9-11. Yeah. And so I go to basic training and, the, and I'm moving to Fort Stewart and, uh, and 
I found out of basic training that I was probably going to be actually stationed in Iraq. We're going to pause for just a second. This is my daughter, Brooklyn. Hello. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hi, Brooklyn. We started podcasting and I told him you were asleep. Mm -hmm. Were you asleep? I was asleep, yeah. yeah. And then I slept through the class. So now I'm going to make my next one. Whoops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1040. Brooklyn's yeah. awake and ready to go. Yep. And this is, this is the Brooklyn in previous podcasts. We've talked about Mike and his truck. Mike is interested in, in Brooklyn. Here. I see. Yeah. What, what is that? Did he ask you to marry him? No. So I got Don't show me a ring on a podcast. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I got home and there was a note on my bed and it was like, hey, you look very beautiful today. Look at your mirror. And then there's a note on my mirror that said, look behind your mirror. And I look behind my mirror and there's a ring and an energy drink. And the note behind my mirror said, pretty rocks for my pretty girl. So it All right. fit though. So All we right. have to bring it back and get a size bigger. Yeah, so Mike, as if as you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm th I'm pretty sure you're also Mike L four hundred six that wrote us a review that we gave a shout out for. Yeah, already so, buttering us up, which we, so, which we like. Yeah, uh, to butter me up further, you better talk to me before you give my daughter um, the ring. That ring's fine. I appreciate it, and yeah. I like that you're taking care of my daughter. But it's a little close to an actual yeah. ring. Yeah, so. and so before you give her the ring, you and I are going out. Ear, I mean, to dinner. Earrings are beautiful too. And necklaces. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Earrings, earrings are fantastic. <laughs> Flowers, necklaces, Red Bulls, all those things are great. You don't have to sign them. I mean, size yeah. them, you know? Yeah. No other yeah. maintenance. Earrings just fit no <laughs> matter what. I'm going to go to class. All <laughs> right. Have fun, bro. All right. Yeah, that was that was shocking. Jeez. She I, like pulls out a, a ring. That was the actual looking ring box. <laughs> right. She's like, look at this. Yeah. I'm like, shouldn't. I mean... <laughs> I feel like there'd be a little bit more emotion in the <laughs> yeah oh and he got me a ring too check you know? this out I mean, we're getting married yep. i think that's how she would actually bring it up to me too yeah, like i'm not trying to like no, jump, i got engaged jump. last week i'm not trying to jump out of my seat here but I so anyway <laughs> so i find out in basic training that i'm probably going to be in iraq very soon and so i go and pick up my wife in montana we drive down to georgia and three weeks later i'm heading off to iraq mm. I do believe there might have been an option for me to go to Korea or Germany. Okay. But in basic training, they also offered me a job uh, in Washington, D.C. with the Honor Guard. Cool. I had signed up at the same time as my buddy. He also got his girlfriend pregnant. We have the same birthday, but one year apart. And he was one of the roommates in the, the six-bedroom house with four of us. The family. Yeah. Logan. <laughs> yeah. You remember the family. Yeah. 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 And that's what we <laughs> nicknamed ourselves, you know, teenagers are weird. Teenagers are weird. Yeah. And so, uh, so Logan, uh, he had signed up at the same time and both of us, it really meant that you could get a good physical, you know, PT score mm -hmm. and you were tall enough. Oh yeah. And so we were both like, I think it, over six one or something yeah. in order to be in the honor guard. And so they told us a little bit about it. And the main thing that was attractive to Logan, it's a very honorable like it's called the honor guard. Right? Oh yeah, it like, looks great on the resume. Right, mm -hmm. and uh, and you don't deploy. And he's yeah. having a kid, and he's like, mm -hmm. "This would be great for me." And I really, really, really considered it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, "Man, I," and I'm, this isn't talking bad about Logan at all. But I was just like, "Man, I signed up for the infantry during a wartime. I'm gonna deploy. Like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing." And and mm -hmm. to each their own. Like uh, and Logan ended up being like Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Like he did amazing amazing 
and uh, and I ended up doing pretty well too. It was it was kind of unfortunate because we both were going to go to the same duty station. That would have been pretty cool, but mm-hmm. um, he did really well in the honor guard. But I think I might have. I never had the opportunity for Japan. I may have had the opportunity for Germany or Korea. Mm. So in the Marines, we had a. Uh, that's one of our three big bases. Is uh, there's one in Iwakuni, Japan. And I've I've met a few people that have been to Japan, and it's they say it's the best. Yeah. Um, international. Yeah. Duty station you can get. Yeah. There's also one in uh, Okinawa, which is where Mr. Miyagi is from. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Like... Yeah. Everybody knows Okinawa because yeah. of Mr. Miyagi. Exactly. And so, mm, man, I, I, so I, at the time I was like, I want to get over there because I was in a no, I was in the opposite of you as far as deployability units. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the headquarters unit. Yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on in like the headquarters part of the base in where the headquarters <laughs> Jeep was stored or whatever. Right. And so um, I was just training people, mostly um, cops, a lot of cops, uh, admin people, you yeah. know, people that did things for the generals and all that junk. And um, so I was thinking, you know, California is pretty cool. I was in San Diego. You know, it was nice to be out there in Carlsbad and Oceanside. And it was really cool. But I was getting bored. And I was like, and some of my friends had gone over to Japan and telling me how cool it was. <clears throat> And at the time, you could, um, well, probably still, you can get a Skyline, like a Nissan Skyline. And at the time, those were all kind of cool because of that Vin Diesel movie. Mm, mm-hmm. One of them mm-hmm. with, with the cars in it. Yeah, where Triple you, X where you or can, something. Maybe, yeah, either that or the one where you can, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Fast and Furious? Yeah, it sounds yeah. so poetic, but I still don't get it. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Do you, are you traveling a quarter mile at a time? <laughs> Never mind. Anyways, uh, <laughs> nothing else matters. Um, so I thought I could go to Japan, eat the type of food I want to eat. Because then they, they tell you it's like really cheap over there. Like they give you like sushi that we would consider fancy for like free with your beer. Like it was peanuts. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, whoa, that sounds so cool. I could go over there, get a Fast and the Furious car, eat some cheap sushi. And um, oh, there's a couple other cool things about that duty station that was pretty exciting for me. But then September 11th happened and they needed people to do other stuff as you remember. So like when you were just getting in and going like, well, geez, now I got to do this. And that year or two after um, September 11th, like that was the year I was getting out. So that 2003. And I think, I think I got out right at the very end, November, 2003 is when I got out. Okay. So some, and you didn't get stop lost. No, I was, yeah, no, I, I was like, I was stop lost with everyone else, but like my, you know, my uh, end of active service date or EAS as we call it. Um, that wasn't until November. So I was like, geez, we're all stop lost, but man, I hope they take it, take it down by the time I get out of here. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> right. by the way, I mean, the Marine Corps has been fun and good, but you know, I got some other stuff to do. They like to fight, you know, wars and deserts and I'm very fair skinned. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Just didn't seem like a good it, fit. It burn easy. I burn easy. And plus yeah. I'm always like, I'm always like questioning leadership. You know how yeah, I, you know how yeah, I do yeah, like now. You do that, yeah. Rem- I mean, you would. It would have been like it. It was quite a sight to see to well, see me as in the Marines. That is you know? like a like almost oxymoron with you, right? That you've yeah. been in the military, but you question all yeah. leadership ever, all, all the time, all the time. You know, like even in uh, I remember this is my favorite memory <laughs> of the Marines because we got this new gunnery sergeant. You know, and he was walking. We had this long parking lot. You know, so we worked in a warehouse. We had this long. You had to walk like, I don't know, a football field length of uh, concrete to get from the parking lot to the warehouse. And so I was wearing um, long sleeves that day in my camouflage uniform because I was riding a motorcycle to work. 
and that's you know that that's you have to you have to have sleeves down mm-hmm. but during the summer times we all were rolling our sleeves up and at the time i don't know how it is anymore but at the time marines took special um special pride in in what we would call cuffing their their oh, sleeves oh yeah same thing in the army they just you know they're ironed they're measured they look perfect on both they're symmetrical even yeah, yeah. they're starched yep. you know and so um this uh, gunner, new, new, new kind of gruff gunnery sergeant was walking my way and he was like, hey there, Corporal King. My last name was King at the time. Um, I thought, uh, I thought, you know, we got sleeves up. So what's what's going on with you? You know, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> and it just so happened that I had that particular order memorized because it wasn't my first run in with someone that wanted me to put my sleeves up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, gunnery sergeant. I thought it, I, I thought this order, and I quoted the order, said that, um, it's every Marine's preference in lesson formation. Yeah. <laughs> calling him out on not only his wrongness, but his wrongness on ever calling anyone out on that. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he goes, oh, oh, what are you, a wise guy? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and we were both in the same MOS, the same job. So I was like, well, we do have to be, we, we do have to test, test pretty high. We do have to test pretty high to get into this MOS there, Gunnery Sergeant. So I think we're both pretty smart guys. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing too, like calling out leadership. So as you're studying to get into leadership, you have to know all these rules, right? There's so much memorization in the military. You may not think that, but like you have to remember the, the effective ranges and max effective ranges and cyclic rate of machine guns and, um, all of that. But then also like the dress code, Mm -hmm. Um, as if and, it was your multiplication tables like you have to have yes, them yes, memorized yes and mm-hmm. and so like when you go in to get a promotion you go before uh, a lot of times uh, once you get to well in the, uh, uh, army it was e5 so you can get a promotion up to e4 without going before a board but then to become um you know a sergeant or an yeah. e5 you have to go before a board mm-hmm. and you have to wear your your dress clothes and all of your your ribbons and your name tag. I'm about to punch Bailey. Bailey just wants me to pet her. Bailey. For him. Bailey, stop barking. Yeah, and she'll just bark. She's just going to bark. Yeah, so you're just going to have I'm to pet for pet. the rest of the podcast. I can do this. Okay. It's like strumming the guitar. Oh, okay. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> but you have to have all that stuff memorized. And then they, they check you. So like when you, you walk in for the, the promotion hearing or I can't, the board, mm-hmm. You have to walk in correctly. Yeah. You have to start with the left foot and um, do like the right distance in your steps. And Mm -hmm. then to sit in the chair, there's like an actual like movement to do to then sit in a chair. And you have to sit in the chair (laughs) in the position of attention, Uh which the position of attention is standing. So weird. But there's in the rule book, it, it expresses how to sit at the position of attention. And then you sit and then they'll tell you at ease. And so you can maybe like relax a little bit. And then they ask you a bunch of just random, it might be about a weapon. It might be about leadership. It might be about formations. It might be about mm-hmm. history. Drill. It could be the yeah history, history of your unit, history yep. of the army. Yep. And you have to know all this stuff. And you've been studying for months with your friends and they're all waiting outside the door for their board hearing. And it's all like this one day where six, seven, eight, 20 of you are waiting in line in this hallway. <laughs> Bailey, you gotta stop. No. I knew, I knew, I knew she would bark. Mm-hmm. And if she was outside, she'd be barking to get inside. So, like, it's, I don't know if it would help. Bailey, people do enjoy hearing you on the podcast, but we don't need to. Thank you. 
And uh, and so anyway, that, there's a lot to that. But what what? How did you join? Oh yeah, so um, it was kind of the same. Like I was uh, working at Pizza Hut. I had been emancipated from my parents at 17 and a half. Like I went to court, I did that whole thing. It was very popular back in the day. It was, it was. Um, yeah. Everyone was getting emancipated. So I decided to jump on the jump on the train. I'm just kidding. I just don't want to go into all the specifics. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you got emancipated. <laughs> I got emancipated and uh, 17 and a half. And I had a girlfriend that I was living with mm-hmm. and with her family. And, um, and I was like, hmm. Oh, so I got emancipated. So I did have this falling out with my parents and my dad was a marine and so even though i did not like him or anything he represented at the time mm-hmm. um i was like you know what he, and he was the only marine in the family like the rest of our family was all army and air force and navy and he was the black sheep you know the mm-hmm. wind marines mm-hmm. and um so i decided to do that because i thought well maybe one day i'd like to reach back out to him and maybe we could do so on um as as equals right you know right and so that was my my reasoning plus i mean i was an insecure guy who um maybe didn't get everything he needed growing up and so i had something to prove you know so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of my marine brothers and sisters you know how you are uh, we just kind of go into the marine corps to prove that we're tough and smart and worthwhile and we want to be you know you know treated special yes. i guess yeah and um so then I was, I think I got my girlfriend pregnant too. I think that's what happened. And I was like, well, I think that was all the, the catalyst I need. Like I love working at Pizza Hut. Shout out to you guys. You know, it was a fun job. Um, as the head cook, you know, mm. I had no real, um, authority, Yeah, but people treated me nice. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, so I went into the Marines and, um, I was honest with them about, my previous illicit use of materials that maybe I shouldn't have. And, um, and so they were like, well, you, we did, we were going to guarantee you a job to be a weather observer because you got, you tested real high, you know, so you can pretty much do anything you want. And I was like, Oh, weather observing sounds kind of fun. You know that I'd still get to wear the uniform. I was even thinking about, I wish I would have uh, known how to play an instrument. I would just love to do it all over again and like go into the Marines as a, a, a trumpet player, maybe. Right, Let's right, say that. right, right, right. Or a guitar player or drummer. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so I didn't have that available to me because I don't have those skills. Um, and the other, I can't remember if what else I was considering, but I just wanted to be a weather observer. And I thought that'd be a cool job to get out with and have some cool skills. Yeah, that'd be really translatable into the civilian world. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I since I was uh, honest with them, they took away my, what you call job guarantee. Mm, quote unquote because you know recruiters are kind of shady car salesmen yeah um and then i went to meps and same exact thing i didn't go to butte though because i was living in uh las vegas area at the time so i went to oh i think it was arizona went to phoenix okay and um but same idea i was in a hotel next morning we all getting checked all that stuff and signing our thing and raising our right hand and swearing to defend the constitution and all that stuff and 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 swearing away your rights as a human like Like, that that day yeah when 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 you hear about like in the military they're like uh everybody's getting vaccinated or they have to get out like you've signed away your right yeah. To choose if someone puts a needle in you, yep, or where you live, or to send you or, to war, even if you don't believe in killing people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you sign away all of those things, you, yeah. yeah. And so, anyway, yeah, no continue worries. on. I um, so what I decided was uh, because at the time I was feeling very much like um, 
I wanted to give of myself to the country, you mm-hmm. know, because I thought mm-hmm. to myself, I don't really know what's going on. I w- you know, in exchange for maybe giving me job skills and maybe some sort of character, you know, I would be willing to give freely four years of my life because hopefully afterwards I wouldn't have to pay attention to politics or, you know, anything like that anymore. Right, I right. could just like put the check in the box and be like, hey, I served. Yep. And um, so after boot camp, I think um, they told me I was going to be the nuclear, biological, and chemical defense specialist. And I was, like, I was like, what does that mean? And they're like, you remember when we put you in the gas chamber and you had to take off your mask and sing the Marine Corps hymn to us while you were choking on all that um, that pepper, pepper gas? You know? mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And they're like, that's what you get to do now. You get to do that to other people. We call it training, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, it's training. Oh, I was using the hazing word. Anyways, okay, good training. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how I got in. I, I went open contract. Uh, they said, hey, you get NBC. You get to be a gas mask expert. And I was like, neat. Okay, I guess. Because um, at the time, that Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery movie, oh, The Rock, the Rock, was really popular. And that... Um, so that nerve agent that they're really afraid of mm-hmm. in the missile that they're going to hit San Francisco with is mm-hmm. called VX. VX gas. And that's an actual gas that we have to worry about. It's like one of the most dangerous ones. Right. Because it's like a nerve agent, but they mix it with um, like oil or something like that. So it's like an oil slick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so it'll stay around forever and just kill people within 60 seconds. You know, you... Right. And violently. And so... Violently, yeah. Yeah, I felt pretty cool for a little while having that job because it, it involved auto injectors, like little needles that... In the movie, you stick them into your heart. You don't do that. Yeah, yeah your leg. <laughs> it goes into your leg. Or if you're kind of a slight or slender person, then it would go into the upper right portion of your buttocks. Yeah. I remember oh, and that. You, and you, like, you sound just like a trainer right now because I've... I've taken the training that the MBC gives for the army, <laughs> which we learned from the army. I go to an army school for that. Oh, okay. Cool. Excellent. Right? Yeah. And we have, so in an infantry unit, we have an MBC guy always with us. Yep. One or two guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And sometimes we'd have like, we'd have a support sergeant and sometimes they'd be MBC, but sometimes mm-hmm. they'd be communications, but there'd be like an over guy that was over our, our support and MBC is one of our supports and they mm-hmm. give us training like quarterly they make sure our, all of our masks are up to date and the masks all have a canister that maybe expires or something, right? It has yep. like the, the, the Carb, stuff in it. Like and a carbon filter. Yeah. And, uh, and so our NBC guy, Oh, I could go on a long story. Our NBC, our NBC guy was really cool. There, I, when I served in a platoon of these people, I noticed that they were all kind of characters, right? You know, all yeah. in their and own he way. Was, he was from New York uh-huh. and, uh, his name was Ruiz and he was just like, I found him on Facebook recently. He's still just the character. Right. And like mm-hmm. the New York accent and from like Brooklyn, right? Like, uh-huh. like as New York as you can get, I think I have, I, you know, I don't, I hope I'm not insulting anybody in New York that maybe that's not as New York as you can get, but he mm-hmm. was like, and apparently from like a famous place too, right? Mm-hmm. Like the street they talk about in the rough oh. movies, right? And yeah, like gotcha. he's like lived in that block. And I'm from Devil's Kitchen, right? <laughs> right, right. And so he was just a oh, really cool guy. But yeah, M- NBC, yeah, totally would have been um, a, a fun job. It wasn't an option for me. Yeah, it's kind of like I worked in a warehouse all day with just like one other guy. Yeah, and we like take long lunches. Yep, and get to work, and we get to formation on time. You know, yep, <laughs> and then kind of like, eh, we'll do whatever today. It's just right. we we work in a warehouse. Our, yeah, our job is to count 
yep. gloves, I yep. guess. And then every quarter, like you say, we give someone training yep. that has to do it, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, they all have to do it. And, mm -hmm. and so I will say you kind of made a joke about the, the training with the CS gas, mm -hmm. um, that they do in basic training. Mm -hmm. And, um, I only did that one other time cause we deployed so much, like we oh. didn't have time for a bunch of, um, that kind of training that was a little bit more in depth. You have to like, you know, go to a location and whatever. Mm -hmm. It was way weaker of a gas when we did it at a unit than it was a basic training. Yeah, I have one story about that. Um, so I remember getting through boot camp and that not being the worst thing ever because I was really paying attention. I knew how to use my mask and it, it hurt a little bit. Right. Um, but it was lighting up my skin, like my arms and any exposed skin that was sweaty. That it. So that's what it does. It reacts with, uh, that's why it hurts your eyes and nose and mouth and lungs and everything. It re reacts to liquid. Reacts to liquid, yeah, yeah. Or moisture. And um, so I remember that. And then I remember going to units where, so all that comes from a little capsule. Like little a little teeny capsule. A little teeny capsule of powder and you put it on a little burner and it kind of goes into this liquid and then goes into this aerosol. Yeah. And when my formula was like for like every, let's say 20 Marines or 20 service members that were coming through because I did other service members, I guess, and civilian contractors that needed to go over and have the training. Yeah. Um, I would put them like for, for every 20 people, I think I could use one or two of those capsules. Yeah. Uh, so one time uh, they we got a call that they needed some extra people to go run the boot camp one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And so I went back and I got to run that particular one that I went through. And I remember that the recruits all smelled like, um, just sour, moldy yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't remember that smell, but you kind of do. And yeah. then you're, you get nose blind to it. Yep, yep. But then when you smell like 80 of those people and they haven't like showered in three days and they've just been getting their butts kicked. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it nearly made me pass out. Yeah. Anyways. And so I go in, in there and the guys are like, okay, here's what you do. Every five people that come in, I want you to crack like nine of these capsules. <laughs> right, right. And I learned that. that, that like basic yeah. training, they make it horrible. Oh, yeah. And there's like a photographer too that's like right outside as you're walking out. And and for anybody that hasn't gone through this, you, you there's like a shack. Mm -hmm. And you're waiting with however many people on one side of the shack. And you can still kind of smell the gas, but the, the mm -hmm. gas is kind of limited to this shack kind of it makes your nose itch a little bit maybe. yeah and you can kind of feel a little tingling in your eyes <laughs> bailey i don't even know, don't what know what bailey's bailey no stop it she just wants to be on the podcast that's yeah. all and uh and the goal is is you walk into this and they, they they let you know what you have to do before and so you walk in with your mask on mm -hmm. to to gain confidence in your mask uh -huh. because then you take it off and you can just hold your breath, right? Like you could uh -huh. try, but they make you do things so you can't hold your breath. Yeah. But if you're holding your breath, it wouldn't hurt your lungs. Right, right. And I'm telling you, as soon as you take that mask off, your eyes start to sting, your nose stings. Every um, gland in your body that can produce mucus and, and, and any kind of, you know, your eyes watering, you know, whatever, it just like excretes everything it possibly can. Uh-huh. And it and as soon as you take that first breath with the gas, you're like, how am I ever supposed to breathe again? Uh -huh. That's the first thought. You're like, and I don't know how to describe it to anything related in like a, the civilian world. But if you somehow could only use eight percent of your lungs, yeah. it's kind of and and every time you're breathing, it feels like it. You shouldn't be breathing. You shouldn't be breathing this. Like, but, but like you can. Breathing hurts you. Mm -hmm. 
and you can't get a full breath. Uh-huh. And then they're like, now you need to, yours was the Marine Corps. The hymn. hymn. I want you to sing me the hymn. Yeah, we had uh-huh. to... I can't remember. We had to say the infantry creed or something like that, oh, right? Something nice like, and long, yeah. Yeah, and you have to say that. And some people had to say like the whole thing because they're like panicking and freaking out and like they have to say the whole thing. But if you're uh-huh. calm, you're talking to the drill sergeant and you're you're saying it, they won't even make you say the whole thing. Like, all right, you're out of here. You yeah, know? you get it. Get out yeah, of here. you get it. You get it. Get out of here. And then you walk out and every orifice is just burning and, mm-hmm. and oozing mm-hmm. mucus. Yeah. And then there's a photographer. Yep taking a picture of you the great thing is like the that's a great before like if you i had the chance to stand back and like look at both lines yeah you know because you could see the people yeah. all there standing at the position of attention with their masks on and they're all shaking you know they're like oh yeah, they're yeah, afraid yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then there's people in there and you hear all the yelling and then people on the other side are just puking and like snots just like rolling out of their nose and they're just like Ugh. it's like it, it was really something. I remember there was a time when I was in there and uh, this this huge, huge recruit is what we called him in the Marine Corps. They're, they're called recruits. Um, this huge recruit. I'm talking, this guy must have been 6'9 and 300 pounds of muscle. He had decided that he could not do this. <laughs> he just... And all he was yelling was just like, this, because you got to speak in this weird third person because it's like this dehumanizing thing they like to do to you. Right. And they go, he was saying, he was screaming, this, this recruit just can't do it, sir. <laughs> he had given up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, so if you can imagine like this, you know, this huge behemoth of a man who was just like given up and this tiny little mighty mouse of a drill instructor who, who couldn't have been more than a buck 25. You know what I mean? Just this tiny little terrier is just screaming at him. <laughs> you better put that mask on. <laughs> and, and then when he realized he couldn't do it and the recruit was trying to, he took a step for the door. This tiny little drill instructor just grabbed a piece of his lapel yeah. and flipped him over judo style. Yeah. And, and his feet were just up and, and he smashed in front of <laughs> All of the other waiting recruits, just like right in front of them as they were opening the opening the door. That's when it happened. Yeah. And everyone was like looking at each other like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to do boot camp twice. Oh, man. I'm just one time is enough, man. And if <laughs> any of you are considering joining, you know, uh, any branch of the service, you have to make it like however long the basic training is, you know, mm-hmm. eight weeks, yep. nine weeks, 12 weeks, you know, whatever it is. You just have to, you can do anything for 12 weeks. Yeah. I, I faked it. I just, yeah, you, I just faked like I was the most motivated yep, and, I, and I loved yep, push-ups. And yep, I, yep. every time they said something mean, I was like, I love it when they do that or something. You just you get, change your mind real quick and yep, get through and, it. And like you, you have to do a lot of exercise. Like so a much. lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. They a break lot you down. Running, mm-hmm. ruck marches, push-ups, sit-ups, overhead arm claps. It feels like um, three Volta workouts, four Volta workouts a day yeah, and in between yeah. classes yeah. and I- learning how to iron. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah, the classes are in like non-air conditioned rooms with some guy monotonally telling you how to use a map, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to then like learn what an azimuth and a back azimuth and a, and a finger and a ridge and a saddle and all of these things in a map while you've worked out twice already. Uh-huh. and you're waiting for lunch yep. and if you fall asleep you, you are done you are like, done. like they, they are going to pull you aside and you're going to get your fifth 
you know, what, what, well, your third workout of the day, but you know, you have two more yeah, and like, you're going to have to get another workout <laughs> to wake you back up. And so, but you can get through it. Like the, mm-hmm. the food is actually fantastic. Oh, for the army. I agree. Oh, the best food I ever ate was I when I went to go train on the, the army food. base. <laughs> oh my goodness. Breakfast. Like they, you don't choose how much you get. And I think maybe the, the, the cooks are, are like, they look at you and determine, right? Like I think they're, I think they're told in basic training, like if they're a skinny person, give them a bunch. If they're, give them less, if they're a bigger person, cause we're trying to get to this one body type, you yeah. know, this fit yeah, American yeah. soldier. Oh, that reminds so me of I was, I gained 45 pounds in basic training. Oh, cause they thought you were skinny. The, I was, gained, I was, gained muscle. yeah, I was like 120 pounds and I came out like, yeah, 160, 180, somewhere in there. Yeah. That reminds me of the, um, they had another really derogatory name for it, but it was the um, the platoon of people that were too heavy, and or um, had a, had hurt themselves and were like, you know, and it was a, and I remember they called it the broken um, the broken something platoon, and it was an appendage. Oh yeah, <clears throat> a male appendage. Yeah, um, and I was just thinking about I was I'm, I'm thinking about this, and it's like hard to talk about, you know, because I'm like I just kind of want to just tell everyone like, oh, this is what it was, and this is what we said, and this is what we did, and but now thinking back, I'm like, man, there's a lot of fat shaming and a lot of sexism and a lot of um, unsavory things oh, that yeah, you know, if yeah. I don't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't feel super happy, you know, sharing these stories with my kids, you know. But on the other hand, you know, I've talked to people about this before, even. Um, younger adults, let's say Gen Zers, mm-hmm. you know, and they're trying to, you know, cause like, and let's say they're leaning in, they're leaning super left, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I don't lean all that far right. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of a left leaning person too. But when they say, oh yeah, the, you know, people are in the military or um, that mentality, you know, that, uh, what do you call that rough macho sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. mentality that you see a lot of in um, the military and a lot of infantry and, you know, the mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. like warrior style groups. Yep. Um, I tell them like, well, a lot, I mean, I, I, right now, no, it's not appropriate. Like I would, I would never talk like that or want to be talked to like that by anybody. Right. But there's a part of me that's like, well, like it's almost as if I was agreeing with, um, I get, I get why you gotta be so mean to me because war is tough and not fair. And when people are super stressed, this is how they talk anyway. So you might as well get used to it now. So like in the Marines, we were always training our mindset for having to go, um, go pick up a gun. Cause, uh, we, we, we said, we have a saying that every Marine is also a rifleman. So right, even right. If, you're a rifleman first. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're an, a dental assistant, like we expect you to know how to pick up that rifle, go outside and expertly shoot the enemy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. everything we did was just resolve revolving around what felt like this real warrior mentality. And, mm-hmm. and, and in the way that we expressed it in this, in, in society and in this country, it just felt like this macho stuff. You and, know? and the, the respectful and um, I don't even know how you would say it, but but yeah, like how how we are hopefully trying to be honoring to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes out the window when you're getting shot at. Yeah, like that's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about like living. I'm trying not to like. I don't care about your feelings right now because I I'll ask for forgiveness later. I want oh, you, I want right. you to be alive right now, yep. and I don't care what I have to call you to get your attention. 
And so, like, <laughs> I, oh, man, I really want to, like, get weird? kind of graphic, but, I'd, like, I've been in combat. Right. You've been in in combat, right? And You've ha- actually had to say certain things to people that in life and death and pain and emergency was on the line right then. And, right. And you, like, had like, to get, you had to shake them with your words almost, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and you can't you can't say sir or madam. Like, yeah, please like, excuse me. Um, yeah. That's like, my stapler. You can't be that. Yeah. We were in combat for 13 hours in the Baghdad airport. And mm-hmm. like there's there's people shooting at you. Um, my Bradley got hit by a tank. There's aircraft over your head that's blowing up buildings. There's mm-hmm. there's all this stuff. And then like also on top of it, you forget to drink water, you know? Yeah. And like, like, like kind of you have to have... Once you run out of the ammo that's on your person, you have to have people bringing you ammo. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, um, you know, much like the NBC, like the support people, mm-hmm. they ended up kind of hiding underneath this this overpass. And I, at one point I had to pass through there to get to where I needed to go. Uh-huh. And they, they somebody called me Rambo. I remember this. Like it's in the middle of a 13-hour day of combat in the Baghdad yeah. airport. So I was like, oh, look at Rambo going. And I'm like, listen, like, <laughs> like we're, we're not, and I, I looked at him, I'm like, we're not going to get through this unless we start fighting our way out. Like, we're getting shot at from almost every angle right now, and you guys are hiding. Mm-hmm. That turns into us being POWs. Uh-huh. Not, and, and there's so many other people, like, we had a bunch of yeah. infantry around, right? Like, it's okay if they're sitting there, but don't call me Rambo yeah. in the middle of combat <laughs> while, you know, like my Bradley just got shot up. We just exploded two tanks. I've seen my, it uh, wasn't my first official enemy killed in action, uh-huh. but like I came around a corner. Uh, we were clearing this um, this enemy uh, compound inside the, the airport and we came around a, a corner and you you do you clear rooms and different areas specifically so when you're the number one man you come almost 180 degrees you come around the corner and you have to clear that corner and that's your job mm-hmm. that's your piece of the pie the number two man then clears you know 15 degrees to your left and that's his and number three is this and then uh-huh. you know the fourth man coming through he's kind of clearing the back and 90 degrees over here mm-hmm. well I see as I'm scanning to my sector because I'm number one man coming through here. I see a guy, but if I stop, I'm not checking to see if there's a guy in my sector, right? Oh. And I, so I have to just scroll right Follow past him, training. right? Like, and so like, but there's an enemy. Like, I see a guy uh-huh. less than a hundred yards out with a gun pointed at me. I have to trust that the guy behind me is going to do his job. Uh-huh. And so I get to my sector; it's clear, and I'm coming back to him, and I watch him get shot. Whoa! And the guy behind me then says, "One enemy KIA." killed in action uh-huh. and he had a really good shot and and so then we we clear this compound and we get done and i'm looking at this this human mm-hmm. that's that's laying on the ground and, and no longer breathing mm-hmm. and it's a very real thing that just happened mm-hmm. and this person up to this point for the last many hours has been trying to kill me yeah mm-hmm. and had a very real chance of, of shooting me there's no pleasantries in this Mm-hmm. There's there's no there's no honoring for him anymore. There's there's he's not he's probably a father with children, mm-hmm. and and so to to then think that we need to be polite and and be honoring in that moment. There's no honoring in that. There's no honoring in the thought later to 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 try to be um, respectful. Like there's all respect is gone. And at the same time that that was going on, there was uh, the one of the Medal of Honor winners from from the Iraq campaign was just a quarter mile away from us and we could hear mortars falling on his position. 
And uh, I can't remember, Sergeant, I think it was actually Sergeant Smith, ended up getting a Medal of Honor because he took out a bunch of enemies in a, in a mortar position and ended up dying doing that, saving his unit. And uh, they were a support unit, and he knew how to use the machine gun, and he took out a bunch of enemies, and it was, that was just a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. And then we watched this building that we were getting ready to go into um, get destroyed by uh, uh, one of our aircraft, right? We called them in, and they destroyed one of these Saddam's palace things that was in the airport. Mm-hmm. Then we start getting shot at again. And then there's bunkers outside of here, and, and there's men hiding underneath the ground and my team leader and I had to take grenades and throw them inside of each one of these bunkers. I have no idea how many people were in there. Mm-hmm. And it's not, so in that moment, it's, it, it, there's no religion involved. There's no politics involved. It's like, it literally is that guy in the bunker shooting at me right now or me. Mm-hmm. And if I want to see my children, I have to keep him from seeing his. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in basic training and they're, they're yelling at you and they're calling them broke appendages yeah. and fat shaming... Yeah, I had to be in a certain amount of shape to. I, I carried eleven grenades like like a baby. Oh, to to take out these bunkers with my team leader, uh-huh. and they're live grenades. Ugh, yeah. But if and if I heavy too, what's that? They're kind of heavy too. Well, you get eleven of them. Yeah, um, we just gathered up grenades from a bunch of people, and him and I went and cleared these bunkers. And Whoa. and it's like uh, if if I had uh, too much midsection. I wouldn't have been able to have room for all those grenades, right? Or like, oh, like there's yeah. so many things that, that play into it. And we'd already been, by that point, probably eight or nine hours into combat. I have to have the physical endurance to get through that. And then the mental, not fortitude, but like pleasantries gone mm-hmm. to get through all of that. Like just mentally, because when you see this horrific side of humanity that I wish didn't exist and shouldn't, and I feel if the more we... Um, evolve the less this is going to happen um, mm-hmm. but uh, when you see all of this you can't you can't get caught up in, in yeah, what society needs you to actually get caught up in right of pleasantries yeah. and respecting people and everything else you just can't yeah isn't that weird I mean because it feels like such a huge thing and you, you should be but you can't I mean it's it's life or death it, it is you're in the middle of the desert you're tired you're dehydrated you've been you've been shot at you might you might i mean you you might have fog of war you know what i mean there's so many things that come Mm -hmm. just from that situation that um require um certain actions you know that that we we don't like i would i don't i don't ever sit in a a desert and do any of the things nowadays Mm -hmm. that i used to do ever (laughs) i don't like the desert by the way yeah i'm Um, not a big fan of the desert actually i like driving through it they're the best actually i will say the best sunrises and sunsets i've ever seen were in iraq you know just Mm, uh, i I can i can probably agree with that especially like a day before a sandstorm yeah they seem to like just be uh, something about like amazing even when you're in that there's something profound about that too when you're in those types of high stress and just everything else is distracting you and then all of a sudden there's this huge like whoa i forgot we were on this like really beautiful earth that has a lot of awesome stuff in it and what am i doing here all and, dirty and smelly and <laughs> getting almost killed every day jeez what's and happening the, and, the, and especially iraq like the history thousands of years of human history oh and you know we'd be yeah. driving out through the desert to do some army thing and you'd see this like um broke down you know you could tell it was a building at one point right mm-hmm. made out of mud or whatever and you're like that could be 10 years old or 3,000. Yeah. That could have literally been a place that, that 
you know, somebody you hear about in the history books lived. Yeah, that could be Joseph's house. <laughs> right. One of right. The, one of the prominent Josephs. <laughs> right. You know, that could be one. Yeah. And and it's like we almost went to and I didn't even have the, all the history and so I didn't realize, but there are a lot of the people in my unit they're like, Hey, we're gonna go to Ur and I was just like, Oh, I've never heard of it. Sounds awesome, you guys go. But now I just I think I read an article like a month ago that was right. just like talking about the significance of the city and how old and awesome and just like a lot of people don't get to visit it. And that's why everyone was so excited, you know, like hey, we just happen to be at war with these people and we can kind of take our Humvees over there and just look, you know. Yeah. And um yeah, it yeah, it's just like to look back on that stuff is um it's like I'm I'm really happy that I can now, you know, because at first it was, you're so, um, you want to leave it behind you so quickly. Yeah. You just want to, you want to close the lid on that in a barrel in your mind and go, well, I'm glad I got through that. Um, I'm still breathing. I can still give and receive love. Um, I guess I'm going to try to try to find some happiness in the rest of my life. But like many times in my life when I've had trauma and I try to do that to those memories, you miss out on all the cool stuff. You know, yeah, like yeah. I, I remember some of the best friends I ever made, you know, some of the most, so, so you've never been more alive than when you have been so close to death. Right. You know, right. like you, it's, it, some of it might not be fair or whatever, but it's just, life is clear. Like, you mm -hmm. know what you're there to do. It's obvious I'm supposed to be surviving. I'm, you know, you're just, and, um, and everything seems more profound because every day you look at your friend who maybe you've been serving for three years with or, or less or whatever, but you have these friends and you go out to the bars with them or you go over to their house for dinner. But now all of a sudden you're sharing a tent with them in the middle of the desert and you both are talking about your kids who you might not be able to see again. Right. You know, for right. months and months and months and months and months because, you know, those tours are at least six months, right? At least, yeah. And, um, and I thought back, you know, a lot of that was really tough, but I learned about Tapatio hot sauce. <laughs> you know, one of my friends got one of these huge bottles, two huge bottles sent to him. And he was just talking, making a big jokes about how, um, I can't remember if he was Mexican or whatever, but he was making lots of jokes about how he can't eat any food without this. And it's just so funny. You learn so much about different people's cultures and then you put it into your own culture. Cause I, I can't eat things without Tapatio or Valentina sauce on them anymore. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I always think about that guy and how I learned about that. And I think about, um, you know, like when I first got there, like the, the ride over was hilarious because we were all so nervous and I like to crack jokes and I was just doing like, um, gosh, I can't remember like cable guy jokes you know what I mean? Doing voices. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like what I what I really liked about those memories is how easy it was to get so many people laughing. Oh, yeah. That's not, that's actually the thing. Humor ended up being the best weapon. Yeah. Uh, psychological weapon for us and uh, not, to the to the positive. And right? not, not only did we do that. Yes, you're right. You're so right. And then the funny people joined forces, you know, so I have mm -hmm. my friend um, Sean out there in um, Chicago. Hey, Sean, if you're listening and Dana over in um, Boston area. And we formed we not only were we funny and we like to crack jokes and all that stuff. We formed a quartet. We formed a, a four, three or four part quartet and we do like boys to men songs. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and we do it like near the officer's tent and <laughs> And if we'd find, and you know, it was just, it was funny to us if they didn't like it, you know what I mean? And they, Oh, that made it even better. And the cool part about it was, is we'd do it and we'd get word from some Colonel or some captain or whatever that they didn't like it. Oh, it was driving them nuts, but they didn't tell us to stop. Right. Right. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're just blowing off steam and actually it's good for morale. And they even had me get up in front of, because uh, I had to do um, those those briefings in the headquarters tent. So basically all I did was give them the weather report, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had me do it one time, I think in the voice of Jim Carrey of the kid, with a really strong lisp. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah. to add a little levity. Yep. And um, man, I'll just never forget those times. And you're right. Like humor was the thing yeah. that was the buoy, like the thing that you, you know, you're out in this ocean of fear, you know, and yeah. someone just throws you this flotation device of humor and you're like, oh, right. I can, I can get by with this. Yeah. And we, we definitely had jokes when we would see some of the, the horrible things and, and jokes would come out. Yeah. And like in, in the United States, in a civilian world, you, you'd see, you know, some horrific thing, whatever it may be, the joking is not not appropriate not appropriate but in that moment you're away from your family you've you've you know you might be hungry you're hot you're you could lose your life at any moment the only thing that gets you through that is humor i mean do you want to like because uh, it's not the time to break down crying no you, you, you don't you can't you There's, can't let yeah. your emotions overwhelm you to the point where you're going to double over lose and, your bearings right and you we had I mean? one or two guys because we had to ride in the back of these bradleys um for for days where you you just had no light you had nothing and you're just for days you're in the back of these tracked vehicles going 30 miles an hour mm-hmm. trying to go hundreds of miles across the country you don't know where the landmines are like you're sitting in these things and every once in a while you actually just start getting shot at they're armored vehicles so like bullets do nothing yeah but you hear the bullets out there and you're like Oh, <laughs> right. And so we had one or two people in our unit that like, they didn't make it, mm-hmm. you know, like not, not they got shot or anything, but like they, they had like psychological breakdowns and had to be put back in, they called it rear D, right? Like yeah. you're going to, you're going to be behind because yeah. like you psychologically can't make it. And humor, I know, kept a lot of us from those breakdowns of just like uh, extreme fear, um, paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, overthinking things, you know, you, you do start processing like eternity and, yeah. and like, was I good enough to my mom? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all, all of these things, cause you're just sitting there in silence and, and yeah, we had, I had two things I wanted to share and then we, we do need to talk about a few things on this podcast before you need to go to the gym. Um, let me see what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to make that noon. I think I'm going to go straight to the, just the assessment at one. Oh, you got an assessment. Yeah. Tim, Ooh. Tim talked me into assessment. Thanks, Tim. Oh, um, we're yeah, going to, we're going to, we're going to find out like if I have any weak points overall. And I was thinking, and he was like, oh, maybe we'll do it after your workout. I know at noon, if you're going to be here, we'll all just be here at one. And I was like, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. And I was thinking, I don't want to do any assessment like right after I'm like <laughs> totally smoked. Yeah. You know, it's, after like, a workout. It's, a, it's a tough workout today too. So I'll just, I'll just skip it, do oh. the assessment and then go Friday. For okay. Noon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lot, lots of deadlifting today no thanks yeah and i had uh, to do uh i had to do some squats and stuff like that on my knee but um it was okay we did medicine ball stuff yeah yeah they're being good with uh modding like they're really good at modifying um yeah and happy to do it yeah and and like brooke's dad he he had like shoulder surgery just months ago and he's because of all the modifications and working through things like he's he's He's, doing really well like an animal yeah yeah and so like up with him (laughs) yeah like no i was trying to keep up with him today i I ended up edging in front of him just a little bit but man he was he was going through it yeah anyway the two things you had mentioned uh really big guys in in basic training Uh right and um it reminded me i've always wanted to, to share this um i was in basic training the same time as a gentleman named pat tillman 
Hey, um, that also then uh, that played for. Um, let me guess, because I'm not a sports guy. Um, the Cardinals, dude, you're right on. Mm. And so he Give he gives up an uh, NFL contract to join the military because of 9/11. Was he a huge man in real person? Did he okay. just like dwarf you? So I wasn't like he wasn't. Do you have like um, platoons mm-hmm. right that are like 30 people? Then companies which are a hundred, okay. and uh, you know battalions that get bigger. He was just. At Fort Stewart, Georgia, the same time as me, I saw him one time gotcha. okay. because uh, the USO mm-hmm. did a show for all the basic training people, and you go and you watch, you know, some people sing and all that. That's cool. Um, it's not probably not a typical thing during basic training, but because it was during wartime basic training, they were like, "Hey, we're going to bring the USO here, okay. and they're going to do a show." And so all of us got to go to this show one evening, and there's thousands of boot camp infantry soldiers watching. Not many people were watching, right? Because you. <laughs> You're just there so were tired. snacks there, right? <laughs> like, and we hadn't had like hot dogs in forever. So mainly, you were waiting in line for a hot dog. Yeah. And um. And anyway, uh, Pat Tillman, you could see him the sea of thousands of people. <laughs> you knew who Pat Tillman was. Yeah. There's like just you that. could just see him. And then I talked to um. It was a it was a cool like a weird, almost like a break in basic training, right? Like um. I, I had actually shot, I was, I, I shot better than anybody in my company. And so I had gotten Sundays off all basic training mm. and I went to movies and called my wife and did like basic training ended up being pretty easy for me because I got lucky on, on the day that you certify with your weapon. I shot 40 out of 40. Oh, nice. And so they're like, Hey, you get the expert badge. I was the only one that got the expert badge. And, uh, because of that, you get Sundays off. And I'm like, cool. So anyway, one of these drill sergeants knew that I had Sundays off because we had ridden the bus into like the main part of, um, well, it wasn't Fort Stewart. It was actually Fort Benning. I'd been saying Fort Stewart a lot, but Fort Benning is where I went to basic training. And the main base away from the, the boot camp area, the basic training area, he had ridden on the bus with me. And so he, he recognized me and he ended up being one of the drill sergeants with Pat Tillman. And so at this USO show, um, I see him and I'm like, is that, is that, you know, who is that, right? And he's like, oh, his name's Pat Tillman. And this is when I find out, like, he was supposed to be in the NFL and yeah. he's, you know, now going to be a ranger. Yeah. And um, and he, he tells me the story. He's like, you know, when, when we are smoking, that's what they called it, you know, when they give you, like, really hard workouts. Um, <laughs> yeah. They called it smoking. When we're smoking the platoon, uh-huh. we have to take him aside because we can't smoke him. Like, yeah. like, like, not, not because like legally they couldn't, uh-huh. there was no amount of working out that they could do to him that yeah. would get him to this breakdown point. Yeah, he's like, so I'm they would bring him to the side and he would do like a thousand overhead claps and a bunch of push ups, And they'd be like, listen, dude, like, just wait till we're done with the rest of these guys. Right. <laughs> and they just take him aside because he was so physically fit. And uh-huh. for those of you that are listening and like, who's Pat Tillman, he ended up, um, getting killed in Afghanistan um, and then find out um, months later that it was through friendly fire. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was terrible. A confusing combat situation where it happens um, a lot actually. Yeah, it actually mm-hmm. happens more than than you would you would know. But combat is confusing, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody ended up a friendly ended up uh, taking his life, and Jeez. it's it's very unfortunate. But he is you can Google. I, I actually Googled real quick to make sure I had his name correct. But yeah. um, whatever that. Oh yeah, back in those days, it was all over the news. Yeah, so. yeah, all over the news. And then once they found out it was friendly fire, it became a really big thing too. And then yeah. ROE for us changed, you know, because of that. Um, uh-huh. You lose an NFL star 
We're like whoopsie daisy. In Afghanistan, daisy. like like things change. Yeah, and we killed him. Yeah, so. And so I just I just wanted to share that. Like I got to see him in basic training. Then he went off to like ranger school, and then he goes to a ranger unit, and then he goes to Afghanistan. And um, Afghanistan, I want to say I, I don't know because I never went. Was a little harder mm-hmm. than Iraq. Um, Iraq was pretty flat, uh, desert, and uh, I mean there was definitely combat. But uh, Afghanistan has been in combat for twenty years, mm-hmm. like like mortars and also, and it's just. Uh, uh, much worse weather. Like there's a bunch of stuff that make it a harder area to to be in in battle. But yeah, that's where that's where he ended up being, and he did uh, he did die in combat. Um, and I would say, even though it was friendly fire, like that's still it's still an honorable death. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, he, I mean, it's still dying for your country, even though it was a horrific accident. Yeah, like I gave up um, like ten bucks. You know, <laughs> to go into the military, he gave up millions and millions, millions of dollars, of dollars and yeah. fame. And they actually said that he would have been like really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, hearing the stories from his drill sergeants, like he probably was was a, a specimen of, yeah. of uh, you know elite physical yeah. uh, capabilities. And uh, and so yeah, we definitely we we lost a. Uh, an NFL star, you know, but, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say I had a, a, you know, a little correlation with Mm -hmm. that, with that whole story, but we wanted to talk about a few other things. I don't know how we transition, right? Can we, um, like do do something? Yeah, let's do something. Let's, uh, yeah. did that help? I I feel like I'm in a new sort of direction. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. Let's, let's, uh, let's pull out. Okay. Cat meow. I'm Mm -hmm. getting there. Mm Mm-hmm. Whoa. All right. My conversation right. palette has been cleansed. Okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we need to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the escape room, listen, like, um, they do a great job. Yeah, it was fun. And everyone, not everyone, 75% of us were, like, nervous and not knowing if we could do it and just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Who, wait, who was but not we nervous? Wanted, I don't know. Oh, maybe Melanie. She was very excited. She wanted okay. to do it. You know, right. she was like, because she loves mystery stuff. You know. Yeah, and she but, was really good at it too. Yeah, yeah, and it's her. It's her good best good friend Tianta is doing that. So she, we've been wanting to do it for a while. Yeah, and we did the, um, the. Um, oh my goodness! I just totally lost it. What was the theme of the room? I um, feel like it was the Mad Hatter. Yeah, the Mad Hatter. The Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Lost in Wonderland. Okay, Lost yeah. in Wonderland. And so if you go to their website, it's the Lost in Wonderland room, but it's actually three rooms. Yeah, and here's how you get through each task. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so, it's but it's so cool. Yeah, because everything's kind of a clue. Yeah, and there's little words written and sentences and poems mm. and keys and combinations yeah. and cards and you get to play Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you to totally like, feel like Sherlock Holmes. Where's the clues? Speak to me. Yeah, and then you you think something's a clue, and mm-hmm. then they'll come over the the intercom they'll be like that's not that's, that's not, not a clue, clue. yeah <laughs> stop wasting on. your time yeah. with that yeah and you're like oh we just wasted two minutes here <laughs> and what do we have we had an hour we had 60 minutes to finish the room um yeah something like i that. feel like it was 60 minutes and then and then uh one little mistake which could happen to anybody they had accidentally switched two keys or something yeah and so yeah. we he ended up having to come in and and move the keys back to where they're supposed to be gave us a little extra time gave us a little extra time mm-hmm. and even with that we finally get into the third room uh-huh and and we're like like eight minutes left and we're like frantically we've got this 
we can, yeah. we're gonna figure it out I and needed, we didn't i needed like 80 more minutes probably. yeah yeah and um, then i could have been like okay or at I least see. like tell me i have 60 more minutes so the pressure's off yeah i could have i think i could have done it in then eight we'll, minutes then we'll relax without the pressure yeah but there was so much pressure that um and all of us were kind of like oh come on let's get it we really wanted to win you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up not getting it but then they show you like how you could have yeah um, completed the room and it was really cool yeah i was like whoa yeah like trap doors and cool things that were just yeah they were they were really cool magnets like mm -hmm. and uh using a black light to find certain clues it was just mm -hmm. it was really cool yeah i i loved um i loved it so we should go back whenever we get a chance yeah try one of the other rooms because uh, melanie was thinking about uh, possibly working over there maybe could do a little part-time part-time employee thing right like know? help them set up the room but she's and... but she wants to do the rooms first because like when you work there like you're gonna know how all the rooms right right <laughs> how, right right how right. to solve them you know yeah. so i was like oh that is a it's a special problem you have there so we should go and check it out also it was pretty fun to run across the street to uh kenny's um not i mean i'm surprised that a lot of people don't know about this uh i think it's called kenny's downtown and it's just this little shop that seems like a gas station without the gas you know, yeah, 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 yeah. a little convenience, like a convenience store. store. Yeah, you can get pretty. And if you if you actually go in there and uh, look around, they usually have like really insane beer sales going on. You know, of some weird, I don't, I shouldn't say weird, but and or off brand because they're all good brands. But they'll have like a twenty five cent beer or fifty cent beer or whatever, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, and you can grab a couple of those. So we grabbed a um, a six pack. And um, and you can bring your own beer. So that was a cool thing. You grab it from right across the street, come over with a little bit of beer, and you have um, drink some beers and get yourself um, some get your get your juices flowing before you go on the show, before you go in the room because you can't bring it with you. Yeah, you can't bring it with you. But it's a very cool. I mean, um, it's it's like I could have done it either way. Like we could have done that earlier in the night and then gone to dinner. Right. Right. Yeah. But but going to dinner and then doing that totally fine too you know right and i think now now that you're even saying that i haven't thought about it before but now i would probably say do it earlier in the night mm -hmm. so that you can go to dinner and talk about it yeah and then i feel like we kind sake. of yeah well, no we ended up getting dessert after we did yeah that, because we almost like needed to talk about it we you were know? we were both very tired but Lindsay was like she had her heart set on and like, like some and, kind of dessert and, and we finally found applebee's and was like the only place open and of course melanie was like and i i, I like desserts too so yeah, like, me yeah too. let's do it the only yeah. mistake i made was um to drink coffee i drank regular oh, coffee yeah, that yeah, night. yeah 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 like, yeah you mentioned that in the evening that's no longer something i should do unless i'm like i just have to be up and i'm just i have to maintain and be aware then, right. I, then I guess as an emergency I'll, I'll drink some regular coffee at night again but you know, having some in the morning, okay. I'm feeling like, holy moly. You know, caffeine is really, I'm really sensitive to it, I think, now. Or mm, something. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, there's a, there's a, oh, it's a whole sidetrack. I sidetrack a lot. But there's mm. a whole connotation about, uh, negative connotation about, like, caffeine and how it's bad for you. Yeah. It's actually, like, too much of anything is mm -hmm. bad for you. But caffeine's actually really good for brain function mm -hmm. and, and moving. And as long as you don't get to a, a, a point of being addicted, like caffeine in in moderation is fantastic for you. Yeah. It, it actually is. Um, I, I don't drink as much coffee as I used to, but I have like even right in front of me, I have a, there's caffeine and what I'm drinking right here. It's a little mix. Yeah. Um, I, I tried doing one of those little pre-workout mixes without caffeine. 
I don't know if I, I don't know if it's doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, all my pre-workout stuff hard, has caffeine in it. It's hard to tell. So it's good that I went at noon, so I'm already awake. I don't really need help to wake myself up before the, the workout. Yeah, the only time I've ever done that is like I've done later workouts, um, but it is, it's weird to work out later. Mm-hmm. I feel it's weird. It feels right in the morning for me, and so that's mm-hmm. just kind of why I stick with it. Mm-hmm. But my wife works out in the afternoon, you know, and oh. so like it, you just have to do, I think you and I messaged about it a little bit and you're like, Hey, I've talked with them. The, you know, the six isn't working for me. I'm going to go a little later. I was just hoping, um, secretly that that wasn't your way to just like get out of it. Oh, right? no. like, yeah. like, um, I would have other, like more sneaky ways to get out, you know, yeah, something yeah. that you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think, but it's, it's, so... <laughs> it's exciting for me to, for you to find like your niche uh-huh. because physical fitness, even though it, sucks <laughs> yes. it's so good for you yeah i, I know really that is. in in two or three weeks and so i probably put me at eight weeks you know somewhere in there i'm going to finally i think just be feeling awesome because already i feel like i i can feel an absence of a stomach that i usually would have to be leaning over and maybe yeah, i could put yeah. my beer on you know what yeah, i mean yeah like yeah. i don't feel it's there like i the one thing i haven't been doing um, and I think I'm going to try to get into this because I even downloaded it. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what it is, like why I drag my feet on this so much, but it's like the tracking, you know, or the apps and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, I was like, well, I hear people talking about it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I downloaded it and I still didn't even, I haven't touched it. In, Which in, one did you download? Uh, sugar, sugar wad. Oh, sugar wad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, that's a good idea. Cause what they're saying is, you know, you put in your workouts and you kind of track your progress and that can be motivating because you can see the stuff paying off. Right. And I'm like, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. And I am not interested in doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they mention it quite a bit too, because like they, they want other people. The cool thing is, is you can on that app, you can give each other fist bumps. I right? also saw that was a cool thing. A little social yeah. aspect. Of yeah. It, you know? Very small social. You can, I think you can comment on somebody's workout or something, but mm-hmm. it's really nice when you're getting ready for a workout and you can't remember what weight you used last time. Mm-hmm. And you can look and you go, oh, it's telling me right now I used 45 pounds. So this time I'm going to try 50 right okay. and and then anytime you get a personal record it gives like a little explosion of graffiti and says you are awesome and, uh-huh. you know and so it's really cool but you can't do that until you've like you got recorded enough you yeah. know mm-hmm. um to then hit your well the first time is your pr too mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool when you first starting using it you're like you're getting prs personal records all the time oh, because uh-huh. there's no record before. there is no record <laughs> right mm-hmm. um and but it's really cool to to see the progress I will um, say, um, I did take a picture of myself in the mirror, just wearing shorts, you know, like a for before picture. So I'll have something, you know, to look back on and yeah. go, okay, that's where I was this many weeks ago. Yep. I've been averaging two workouts a week, not changing much in my diet. And in this many weeks, boom, I'll take another picture of myself. I'm like, this is where I got. Yeah. And so then I'll be able to really see this before and after and see, well, maybe, you know, is it is it working? How quick is it working? Or... You or know, maybe I need to add another thing or, yeah, you know, or maybe I'm feeling good enough to add that third workout or add in some kettlebells or I don't know, maybe I could start running. No, I probably won't start running. That's not going <laughs> yeah. to be the thing. The worst. I actually, when I woke up this morning, I, I was really sore from yesterday's workout and I looked cause you can, when you have that app, you can see what the workout is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not a motivator to get out of bed though. And you're like, and, and so I looked at the workout and I was like, if there's any cardio, Mm-hmm. I'm skipping. Like, that's what I told myself. <laughs> no, yeah. And as soon as I opened the app, I was like, no, you're not, Brian. Like, whatever the workout is, you're going. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to start getting in my brain that, like, I can just not go to the gym whenever I want because then I'll not go to the gym. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I ended up ended up making it. I was happy with that. Uh, what else do we need to? Oh, well, let's talk about our um, connection talk with the oh, okay our, our so fellow our fellow podcasters in Great Falls, man. American barbarians. Yeah, the American bar- barbarian podcast. We had we took them out for. Well, we didn't take them out. We met them at a place and we just had a little chat because we were noticing that um, we were noticing all these similarities, you know, we started, I didn't know we started around the same time. Yeah. I actually thought they they had started before us, but I guess we started around the same time. It seemed like even though our podcasts sound different and we have a different approach, it seems like the, the, the basis of what we're trying to do is so similar. Right. You know, right. like the, the good we're trying to do. You know, yeah, we're trying yeah. to show two people from different uh, backgrounds and ideologies going over stuff together, or just kind of having a chat and showing that it's okay. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Of course, we go right. into a lot. That of not everything's left and right. That we can be in the middle. That we can agree to disagree. That we can. Mm-hmm. And they, they, yeah. um, their podcasts are going to have more cussing, cursing than yeah. ours does. You know, they, yeah. the barbarian part of it. They, yeah. I think they said they wanted to. You can still. Oh, what do they even say? Like talk like an idiot or some, something like that, right? But, yeah. But still be intelligent, you yeah, know. That's <laughs> and, right. And they're kind of doing that. I like the way they described it as um, so the people that are all following the rules and talking all proper are inside of the the, the walls of the kingdom, and then the the barbarians who don't want to like deal with the king and his rules and all that stuff. They're out, you know, in their freedom, living in the wilderness, and, yeah, and of course yeah. they're going to be a little bit rough. And that kind of speaks to um, it reminds you of like. Uh, where America comes from, you know, yeah. like Benjamin Franklin was like arguably one of the first stereotypical Americans, you right. know, the guy that was like really advertising, like, Hey, I go hunting. And I remember he, um, he would swim naked in a river just to show people how tough he was, you know, he went, yeah. to, went to France or whatever. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. But it's essentially like, a barbarian <clears throat> to that sense too, because really trying to escape the rule of a king like, yes like to definition right C- casting off that um unfair monarchy sort, yeah. of, sort of thinking yeah. and i'm like yeah okay i get what you're saying i mean that that really kind of um brought it together for me in a really really pleasing metaphor so i can explain it to people and and you know? so you know prior to this we were aware of them mm-hmm. and hadn't really felt the need that we needed to you know at least for a little while we didn't really need to reach out but what ended up happening is when we interviewed mrs montana mm-hmm. uh catherine mertz uh the delightful catherine mertz uh we released the same guest that they released on the same exact day same day i was like whoa and and, and so then, then we thought like oh hopefully there's no bad feelings here yeah we, we recorded uh with after, her after they after had. they did yeah and so we didn't want them to think that we had like underhanded them or yeah. you know by any means had any negative any reasoning for yeah. that we want them to know no shenanigans are going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. We weren't shenanigizing the barbarians. We're not shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> and and so um, and so leading into it, you know, we just we didn't have uh, too many goals, right? It I was no, just mainly just like let's just talk to these guys. Yeah, I had no topics to yeah. bring up. I was just like, let's, I'm curious. I yeah. mean, I hope. Uh, yeah. Just and just to, let them know it specifically about that. Hey, we didn't do that on purpose. And they're oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, it's like they didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, make they almost barely even noticed that it had happened. Yeah, yeah. And, and then afterwards, I think they started. They said they kind of checked us out, and we're checking out a few episodes. And we'd yeah. done the same after that. You know, yep. just check out their episodes, kind of get a feel for what they're doing, and it's just. And then it was when we sat down, we're like, man, we, we kind of both arrived at a very similar 
idea at around the same time and without talking to each other or having any sort of interaction at all, we're kind of doing the same thing. Right. And then, so when we sat down, you know, around a few drinks to talk about it, it was like really fun. It, it was, it yeah. was, it was an absolute blast with them. Totally check out their podcast, American Barbarians. You can find it on uh, YouTube and, and they got uh, their own website too. Where you can buy, yeah, you can buy merchandise swag. Um, and, and all of that. And so definitely check them out. Um, American barbarians.com. If I'm not mistaken, probably yeah. that's probably it. We could look on our phones really quick if we wanted Just to, gonna do but um, definitely check them out. It's uh Skyler, and James mm -hmm. and they also kind of similar to us when we started out and we've shared the story before but i kind of had the idea for a podcast and bought all the equipment but i hadn't done anything and so joe's like let's do something well same thing james had all the equipment i think he'd even recorded some podcasts without skyler mm -hmm. but hadn't for like maybe even a year hadn't done anything and skyler comes along and like let's do this and it was around the same time that Joe was telling me, let's do this. And so these two guys that come from kind of different backgrounds, but have similarities and like, it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's the American barbarians.com. So and, yeah. Um, and, and I think James put together this website. I want to say that James did. Yeah. Cause he's, he's actually had a couple viral videos on YouTube and he does, uh, he, he does a few merchandising type websites and stuff, things like right, that. So with, he's pretty good um, with this stuff. You can do like Amazon affiliate links. Oh, sure. And, and yeah, so, so a couple of his places, um, you'll notice when you go to the American barbarians.com, it is just super nicely laid out. Everything looks really professional. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're ahead of the game on that from us. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. and they got swag. They got yeah. their website. Yeah. They got a studio. I mean, we're almost got a studio. We got a, yeah. we got a partnership. Studios. Yeah. We got a partner partnership studio like that, man. Yeah. But it's cool, you know, to see, um, cause we're, and they don't go on location cause they've got a studio. That's all kind of cool and awesome. And you don't really need to move any place. Yep. Uh, their pictures look great coming in, coming out of there, but then we're a little different and we've been trying to go and do this on location thing. And, um, once we get the details ironed out, we're going to be doing an on location thing that you can come listen to. Um, cause we're going to be setting up an external speaker. And so it'll be like one of you, these you can live, listen live. Like a live podcast recording yeah, yeah. and it's going to be at a local bar. I'm going to iron out the details before I announce it and everything. Cause I don't want to make a mistake because I'm super excited. I mean, it's something that I've, I don't know that. I don't know if I've just, I've, I've thought about doing it. I think after uh, Melanie went down to go see the live taping of her podcast, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I think it was um, my favorite murder. And they have a really big following. She flew all the way down to Phoenix. It was a huge packed crowd. And they just sat there and, and watched a podcast get taped just in right, person. Right, and I was like, right. what an interesting thing. I wonder if on a smaller scale, instead of, you know, we're not huge and we're not packing places. Right. But what if we could just be ourselves, a couple of guys from Montana, sitting in a bar, a local bar, once a week maybe, and um, just chatting about that last interview we had. And maybe at the same time, you know, um, if uh, we'll play some games, maybe we can invite people to sit down with us because we'll be on that location. Because right now we go on location, we kind of tape um, just you and me talking. Sometimes we have some uh, an interview with us, but usually the staff isn't really in on it. They're like, yeah, you can go do that. There's an outlet. There's a table. We'll be over here. We don't want to interact with you or yeah, bother yeah. you too much. Yeah, but the idea with this is that we'll actually be interacting with people that are there. Yeah, we want people to hear every word we say instead of yeah. having the headphones on and the mic. We'll be recording, of course, and so yeah. we'll have the headphones on, but you'll hear every word as if it was playing through the 
um, as if it was playable through an external speaker, like all right, right, right. And then yeah. we'll we'll have like you know maybe some surprise guests. We'll play some games with the people that are there, and we'll do some things like that to make it entertaining. And so Ooh. that's that's a fun idea that we have coming up. That yeah, we could have the barbarians out for another beer. Right, and I think we're going to do a, a cool. cross contamination kind of <laughs> thing, right? Whatever that is, the collaboration. Collaboration. <laughs> I knew it was a c word, well, um, but cross we're going to collaborate. Is definitely something. It's up I think we're going to do an on site with them at a bar somewhere, That'd and then cool. we're going to go to their studio for a recording for their podcast. And Even so cooler. Okay. And so um, I think we're going to do that. We don't know when, but it'll come up here um, yep. in the near future. We have another guest coming on that is a news anchor. Yes. Oh, uh, Tim McGonagall. Um, he is, um, so he's going to be recording with us coming up. Um, and so that episode will be out possibly by in like two Tuesdays from now or something. I can't yeah, even think of there. it, yeah. but that'll be fun because Tim's a, um, beloved, you know, local, local, um, newscaster, but mm-hmm. he also has his own podcast. And I was like, I hadn't seen that before. And then I also noticed on Facebook, he's doing a lot of um, what I would call um, very, I don't know. He's just doing like a lot of, um, he's trying to get more movement on his social media. So he'll show up to a place, take a picture with them, like a waitress or a person that works there or just someone he met at a music festival. And that seems pretty nice. And he'll, he's like, Hey, this is the friendly face that I met today. And he literally gives you a blurb about them and all the cool things they talked about and just puts a picture of him and does in uh, another person. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. But then I noticed that he's also got this podcast going. So I was thinking, Oh, maybe he's, you know, trying to branch out or, and maybe he's been doing it for a long time. And I'm just, the, the podcast or, actually hasn't been around for a long time. I looked, we, uh, for both American barbarians and his podcast, we have more episodes than, than both of them. He only puts out two a month. Oh, okay. And, uh, they're like deeper dives into something that he's done on the news. Yeah. Or he has like a really cool guest. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I haven't listened to one yet. They're about half an hour. And so you can check out, uh, what's his name again? Tim McGonagall. And his podcast is McGonagall's Chronicles. McGonagall's Chronicles. And so I you, go- can, you can check that one out too. And I Googled that and it's not, I think that's also a book. So he might be, allu- I'm going to have to ask him about that. Like, are you alluding to like a book or some other thing? Yeah. The McGonagall, McGonagall, it's like a, with a G. Yeah. With a M-C-G. Yeah. M-C-G-O-N-I-G-A-L. Mm-hmm. McGonagall's Chronicles. And uh, yeah, so check him out. But we're gonna have him on, and mm-hmm. and we do need to talk about too. We we had um, John Harris on number two. Yeah, John, John uh, for the second round because we felt like which will come out after this. Yeah, our our ten questions went extra extra long. I actually was, as I was listening to that, um, as the listener, I had forgotten that we were still doing ten questions when I kind of looped us back a couple right, times. I right. was like, oh yeah, we were doing ten questions. Yeah, because we, we had gone off on some, which I really enjoy. I, I'm sorry if you are out there listening and you don't enjoy. I really like where it takes us because it's not the normal. If you have a John Harris on, who is a drag queen mm-hmm. here in town, a digital marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his own. Yeah, he does jujitsu. Um, Ice he's, skating. He's a, a spouse and a father. Mm-hmm. And like, like there's so much to him. Puts together lightsabers. You're only going to ask about all those things. Yeah. And what the 10 questions does is lets us ask about things that people normally wouldn't ask. And I really like it. And it gives you a little bit of insight, but it's mm-hmm. just also fun. It was really fun. Yeah. And and I noticed the same thing. Like, I would be like, oh, yeah, this is like question eight. <laughs> yeah. And oh, jeez. Like, question nine coming in. And I'm like, that's 40 minutes in or something. I can't yep. remember. But I really, 
really enjoyed talking with him at the Vault Studios for episode 29. Mm -hmm. And then episode 31, uh, which will come out two days after this one, uh, we, we go at it again with John. Yeah, we just wanted to finish up. There's just like we we felt like we didn't even get to scratch the surface of certain subjects. We're like, yeah, hey, we gotta finish up. And and the thing stuff. is is we feel unfinished sometimes with our guests, right? Yeah. And uh the, you know, sometimes they have something to do or we've got a, a conflict and mm-hmm. we, we try to fit it in and we give ourselves plenty of time and then by the time you end up talking before you hit record and then mm-hmm. you pleasantries after it it ends up being like not enough time. And I, so like I think I'm going to reach out to all of our former guests. Is right. that fair? I, yeah. I think so because like... Um, Just get him on for that second time. Uh, Dave, um, I've, I've wanted to get him back on here real quick because he has a show coming up. Oh, yeah. We got to sneak him in, don't we? Yeah. And and um, I was going to try to reach reach out to him and then we decided to do this at, at my house. And I'm like, it's such short notice to get him on today mm-hmm. for a little little blurb. And I'm looking at the, the wrong thing here. Maybe right. we could do a double double taping on Sunday. We could try. Like we could bef- try to do a double taping on Sunday. Maybe before. But 10, I, I, I just think 10. we need to give him a little little blurb, an opportunity for him to share what's going on, uh, because his Treasure State Truck Show, he's doing another one, um, and I'm, I'm finding the information right now, and I apologize. But you can go to Treasure Treasure State Truck Show on Facebook. There's Bailey again. She's telling you you need to go. I understand. <laughs> so i have a laminate floor as mm-hmm. dogs walk in and you can hear their nails hitting um we're, uh, october 23rd they're going to be at aj concrete and they also want to help out and so it's not just we're doing this truck show and having all these semis here look pretty we're also going to um, donate uh, to the food bank Cool. So it's like a fundraiser. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fundraiser. There's no admission um, for trucks or spectators, but bring a non-perishable item to donate to the Great Falls Food Bank. Um, and so anyway, uh, we're gonna have him on. We're gonna try to have him on before October 23rd uh, to let him share with you. But this is gonna be right here in Great Falls, October 23rd. I don't I don't see the times right here. I'm sure it's like normal times. <laughs> and uh, at AJ's Concrete, and they'll have some semis there, which are actually like pretty fun to look at. Mm-hmm. And they have some that are older, some that are newer, and both are cool to look at for their each, you know, reasons. You yeah. know, to look at the newer technologies or how how truckers were driving around. I don't know why she's barking like that. <laughs> I have no idea. She hears someone's here. There's someone. Oh, there could be somebody. There's probably someone here. Yeah. <laughs> she's warning everyone. That there's somebody here. My wife might be coming home. Might be about coming yeah. in. You're going to get in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. That, that took way too long to say Treasure State Truck Show on Facebook. Find it. You'll get all the information you need about the truck show he has coming up on October 23rd. David is just this kind individual mm-hmm. that um, just wants to help and promote community things and be nice and make things shiny. Yeah. I'd love to have him back on. I'd love to have Sean back on. Yep. Almost everybody we've had on, I don't. if I start naming, I'm going to forget somebody. So like almost everybody we've had on, we've ended with, man, we got to have you back on Yeah. because it's just so fun. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so, yeah, we can reach back out to them and, and mm-hmm. make a little, 
little loop with them or tell them to show up to one of the, the nights we're at and we can yeah. have them like come in and be like, hey, Dave's here and, you yeah. know, and do something like that too. So mm-hmm. anyway, we, we have the next episode coming out with, uh, it doesn't often work that they're like, yeah, like right now let's do it, you know? And that's, yeah. what, that's what happened with John. Yeah. Is he's just like, okay, I'm free on Tuesday. <laughs> Bam. And so Joe and I feel had a full day of podcasting yesterday. We oh recorded with, with John uh, mm-hmm. for a little bit. Went straight from there to meet with the American Barbarians, and we didn't record anything with them, but it was podcast-related. Yeah, you had to be engaged, so your mind was working, and then you, we got home yesterday, and we were like, dang, did we just put in an eight-hour day <laughs> yeah. podcasting? Jeez. Yeah. Um, this is supposed to be in our spare time stuff. <laughs> right. But, oh, man, I'm so excited about the podcast. Uh-huh. I, think I that's hope everybody happened. listening is, too, because it's just, yeah, it's like being part of something before it, before it gets big. And it feels like that's what we're doing right now is like, like we're at that stage that, and so if you're listening and you're one of our, um, you know, 40 subscribers on Spotify or I don't know, it's about 30 something on Apple or if you're listening on Stitcher and you're one of those first, you get to be one of the firsts. Thanks for joining us for the, yeah. for the magic and being one of the, the OGs. Mm-hmm. Thanks. For all you original gangsters out there. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah. More than you know. More than you know. But we're excited. Um, I think we'd be doing this without any listeners because it is just so... It's been fun. It's been fulfilling. It's been fun. And yeah. it's, it's been uh, the people we've met, which we've, we've kind of known, but uh, got to know better. Yeah. And uh, just the, the networking and relationships. It's just been so much fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also like brainstorming, yeah. right? Cool ideas. That's been fun. Too. Problem solving. Like, yeah. How are we going to do this and make that a little bit more enticing? Or how are we going to make it easier for us to get that accomplished? Yeah, it's been really fun. And it uh, doesn't feel like work, but it does take a lot of energy. But I think that's why we forget. We're like, oh man, was that eight hours? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Usually eight hours, I would I would feel very tired. Yeah. But, and I guess I'm a little like, oof, that was something. But I was just having fun the whole time. Yep. You know? Yep. And it was, yeah, it was good. And we have, we have one other thing I don't know if we want to talk about yet, but we'll, we'll just say, <laughs> Bailey, mm-hmm. I know you don't know about it, so you can't tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of those people talking to your dogs as they're human. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're thinking about starting a secondary channel. Oh, yeah. With a unique idea that mm-hmm. when we've decided we're going to do it, we will share with you. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> it's going to be different from the podcast, but it's going to be me and Brian. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and we're excited about it. And when we're ready to, when we've decided we've got the time and uh, I don't know, I think we need to talk to a few people just to make sure like, Oh, that's something I'd probably do or listen yeah. to. And Maybe we'll get like one done and just try to um, shop it out to a few people and just yeah, say, and Hey, see, what does that sound like? Think. Yeah. Is that, is that weird? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'd want to like kind of try it and, and see if I even like doing it. And so we'll see, we'll yeah. see, Who knows? but it's, it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing about, um, like having fun and, uh, like I, I, I'm glad that you, you keep me updated on the statistics just sometimes in passing mm-hmm. because I've never once been like, Hey Brian, what are the statistics? Or yeah, yeah. I've never logged in not one time, you know? And, and, 
to to log in and see like a million downloads, I would be ha so happy over the moon. But I could I could log on and see that there was zero and be like, oh, I don't care. That's not. I don't ever consider that. I'm just trying to have some fun and get this yeah. get this thing yeah. rolling. And the more I do, the more fun I have, and the more sense it makes, and the more abundance that while this may not be paying me, it's like paying dividends and lots of other places right. in my life right. you right. know right. i'm happier i'm engaged i'm i'm um, planning new things and fun things for the future i'm i'm open to new and different things i just i don't know it's 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 all good yeah and one of my favorite things is is like problem solving or thinking outside the box that's one of my favorite things you mm -hmm. know and so and then also um when your schedule is is full it makes you feel more productive, uh -huh. you know? And so even just like when we schedule, Hey, we're going to, we're going to reshoot the intro real quick. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's a productive thing, right? Like, but it, it's so minuscule on the scheme of life, mm -hmm. but it does, it does. It's a fulfilling thing to get it, to get it done and to do it. And, um, to, yeah. Anyway, uh, I did. I did want to just uh, because we had a guest on when we uh, like officially announced it. I, yeah, I, I no longer work for Childbridge, uh -huh. and it's a good break. I know we said that. Oh, mm -hmm. actually, we we say it in the next podcast. Oh, okay. that, yeah, right. Because it's, it's going to come out with with Sean, but uh, it was a good break. Like yeah. everything's good. Everything's cordial. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've been giving to Childbridge, like I'm, I probably didn't tell you to give anyway. So I don't know why I, me not being there would be, you know, the, like a difference in that. And yeah. so like you can still support them and, and mm -hmm. you know, all of that. Um, I'm very, I think that, that life works in seasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my season with Childbridge was apparently uh, a little under three years. Mm -hmm. And I feel very accomplished in what, what I accomplished and the organization accomplished while I was there. And it was almost like getting a ship ready at the dock uh -huh. And then the ship started sailing, and I was still kind of on the dock. You yeah, know, like, like, you know, like more of a oh, dock worker. Yeah, like I like where that ship is going. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to find the new world, or you know, whatever. Right? Yeah. Like that ship's going. I like where it's going. I just don't feel like I'm supposed to be on it. I'm not and, a sailor on this particular ship. Right. I'm just the dock worker. You know, building the ships. Right. And maybe it's because the podcast is getting ready to explode, and I needed more time. But I always I, feel that there's reasons. Oh, that makes that rhymes. There's reasons for the seasons. Reasons for the seasons. Yeah, but there's 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 a purpose. Um, they've taken care of me, and uh, I've already got some some job prospects out there. So don't worry. Um, I appreciate if you are worried. Uh, just calm those worries. Calm them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if if uh, if you're the praying type, I appreciate any kind of prayers or positive vibes or thoughts that come my way and and the same thing for joe is he's doing things as well right um and so thank you uh, for your concern that's about all we're gonna say about it uh yeah it's cool it's just a difference now so you don't yeah. want to you know just so you're aware of a change we we let you know what's going on in our lives and that's the thing that happened in my life and now mm -hmm. you know my guess is that it's the the universe is just like opening that path because you were ready Yep. You know, just whatever right. it was. Right. And and the, the cool thing is, is when that can happen and both parties are ready. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they were ready. I was ready. Whatever, mm -hmm. whatever communication from, you know, well, we would believe God, but the universe that mm -hmm. came in um, was saying to both of us the same thing. And so we headed that direction and it worked out well. And, uh, and yeah, I'm happy to see what's, what's coming up next. And thanks for, thanks for listening and caring. Is there anything else we need to share? We, we're working on coffee. 
We're going to work a little bit harder on social media. Yeah. Or um, we got, we got, well, you know, we're going through this rebranding thing. So we'll be working a lot hard. You'll be seeing a lot of stuff, you know, kind of coming out of the woodwork when we're trying to change the names and um, we've got a little bit better idea of what we're trying to do. And are we ready to share the name? I mean, let's think here. Wait, are you ready? I mean, I'm, I, I'm ready. Cause I mean, it's not like who's going to steal it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. By the time they're going to hear this, we'll have changed it probably. Yeah, maybe I'll change it. Like I'll change the Facebook page, and we'll just try to get the stuff going. Well, as soon this as we can, this as is going to come out tomorrow. Okay, so we could do that work tonight. Mm, whoa! Do we want to do it that quick? Is that too quick? I mean, why not? I could put in that standby logo. You know, because I put that in. I put in the. I misspelled your name. Sorry. <laughs> when I showed you that new logo, <laughs> yeah. Um, I could just put that in, and it, and it was like just a free font. It was just just a stand in, and she's not even done with the actual logo. But we could just yeah. have something. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is the problem. Is like the the logo. I didn't even think about that. It's not that. quite done, but it's it's gaining shape. So, what do you think? Do we share it, or do we want to wait another week? Let's wait a week. Okay, we're gonna yeah. wait a week. We'll we'll tease you with it. But but then a new name is coming. Yeah, you're it's pretty gonna, good. You're gonna like it. It's pretty good. You're gonna like it. I like it. And we just want to rebrand before um, we you know do a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to get this done early in the yeah. life of the podcast. This will be the only rebrand. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure as we change the name, uh, especially like where you're you're subscribed, it's not going to affect your subscription. Right. But we'll see. Um, you, you know. I'm, pretty sure joe you're subscribed (laughs) so so we'll just see what happens in our own apps and uh so that that makes sense i think we should do it on a friday because then like we'll release release and we'll have a couple days to work out any bugs before the next release comes out cool so we'll do it next friday Mm -hmm, next friday we'll have the rebrand that sounds good to me we got exciting things going on we got interviews um, we got rebranding. We've got um, live on location live taping, like a week, maybe a weekly thing. If I yeah. can make sure that yeah. everything, everyone's comfortable with that. Gosh, I'm just that. It, it's it's exciting. It's gonna it be is. good. And it we're is. making friends with other podcasts who are doing like some of the same cool work, but like we st- plenty of room for both of us. You know? Oh, I mean? absolutely. And Tim's doing his thing. I mean, it's just really fun to be able to um, learn more about the other dynamic people out there and then if there is ever a chance we get to sometimes have beers with them or maybe even do a little project here and there and then you get to you just get all this um these great um it's like going to um a really special school it's like going to hogwarts you know and all of the all, all of the magical people are just in one place but in this podcast we're just like we're trying to attract magical people to us yeah and, you know and yeah. we're just trying to, how'd you do that spell man i want to turn a frog into a prince or whatever well and, that was that was a cool thing we had talked a few episodes ago about trying to get some state money to do like a conference or something you know to help us with podcasting yeah get our little um we'll, we'll uh register our name and then try to get a little grant to yeah get right some. and so I, I had done a little bit of research like what would we do mm-hmm. and it would be really cool to do like a podcast con i don't know what you know like oh. like where all podcasters kind of come mm-hmm. and share ideas because it, it, and it even affirmed that idea with me yesterday because we haven't done like in a collaboration episode with them or them with us mm-hmm. and we will but it was really cool to talk to people doing the same thing how they're doing it and mm-hmm. they've so freely shared 
Yeah. Like how they upload things and edit and what equipment and we share our equipment and yeah. how we upload. Mm-hmm. It was just cool to see like they do it differently, but the same and, right. and, and to learn different ideas and, and how they're promoting. And, you know, it's just but, really, really cool. And like have the same struggles, like all oh, the same, you know, when you can be like, yeah, that was hard for you too. Yeah. It took yeah. me forever to figure this dumb thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because they upload to YouTube and we tried early on and we kind of just said you know later Later. this will be a later thing and then joe tried later and he's like yeah later so much later so yeah it'll be a lot later that we do that we kind of need a third person um, Mm. when we want to do it maybe i just need a little bit more know-how they have a board for their video equipment that um based on it splices their microphone oh cool and so based on the sound so if i was talking it would split it would change the video oh it just kind of like, does automatically so the, the switcher for the camera goes automatic because of who's talking Whoa. and when they have a third guest they just set it on a timer and so it just automatically switches every 6 12 13 seconds kind of randomly but scheduled and so they have a cool little thing huh. going on it's awesome but you also have to buy cameras and all that equipment. And yeah, that's not going to be... We're just not there. There's okay. other things we want to spend money on if we get it. We'd be doing... Um, the closest I would get to that is like figure out how to do it off my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, but thanks for being with us, guys. I think, I think that's everything. Tune in, uh, in, in two days for um, part due of John Harris. And that's, that's going to be exciting. I think you'll really, you'll really like that. Uh, as we cap things off with Mr. Sisters and we talk about his digital marketing, so we, much. Talk, we talk about speaking German and like, like really cool things yeah. and, and John's fun and uh, definitely stay tuned to, to what's going on uh, in the future. We're, we're glad you're, you're an original gangster with us and you're hanging tight. The best thing you can do for us is share this with a friend. Mm-hmm. Like if you private or direct message somebody and say, Hey, I, I listened to this episode for whatever reason, made me think of you uh-huh. and send it to him. Yeah. Or send it to him. If we mentioned them, maybe like, yeah, hey, yeah, they're yeah, talking yeah. About you. Hey, they talked about you <laughs> or they mentioned your favorite bar or, Hey, they talked about the army. You might like, we did a lot of talking about combat, you know? Oh, yeah. So if you know anybody out there that is, uh, is a veteran and wants to relive some of those stories and basic training, mm-hmm. you know, send it to them. That's the best thing you can do to help us out. The second best thing is, uh, kind of a pain. It's like, it's asking more than I want to ask, Yeah. but it's go to Apple podcast. If you have an iPhone or a Mac and find right now, it's called the get after it podcast mm-hmm. and, uh, and leave us a review and click on the five stars and then write a little something like yeah. it can even be like my favorite cereal is lucky charms. Like you can write whatever you want in there, yeah, but, a, yeah. but if you're going to do less than five stars, we want to hear why. Yeah, come so on, that man. we can we can make improvements if we feel those improvements will will help us. Yeah. Not a guarantee that we're going to change anything. Nah. Um, you, well, we'll you might just not like it because you don't like us, and that's cool. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's and really and fair. one <laughs> and anywhere between a one and five star review actually helps us move up, regardless of what star you you leave. Cool. Um, it, it helps us move up in the demographics, but that's the hardest ask. It's yeah. easy to message a friend and say, "Hey, check this out," because you, yeah. you know they may or may not. And everyone's 
pumping you for reviews Ugh, right, all the time right. all the time and we're not so, even offering money for reviews so no. it's like yeah. why do it but come on man help help a couple of cool guys out you know yeah, yeah. And, and maybe we do something special when we get to like a hundred reviews but i checked out some other podcasts and they don't have as many reviews as us so we already have like some good fans out there helping us out oh, we appreciate you guys. yeah we appreciate That's it nice. but uh if you haven't yet if you could go over and do that that'd be that'd be a big help mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have we we have we've had coffee, but now it's gonna have the the new rebranded sticker on it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so um, be ready for that when that's coming out. You can message us now if you want some. Yeah, we'll and have it on, we, we'll have a waiting list for you. Yep, and uh, <laughs> and that'll get out here soon. Yeah, a weekish. It's good coffee. Two two weekish is yep. right in there. You'll have it in your hands. Your your hot sweaty. Mitt. Grind it up. Yeah. Drink it. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's it. I've been Brian. I've been Joe. We'll We'll see see you next show. show.